Welcome to the Broken Token Podcast. Episode 104, Whitney. Like every other episode, I'm amazed we've made it this far. Hey, man, we're we're on a roll. Uh, before we know it, we'll be at episode 204, and I have a sneaking suspicion that you'll say the exact same thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> if there's anything, Whitney... I am consistent. Consistent, yes. I'm consistent in consistent. some of my tropes. I'm yep. consistent in um, my uh, disdain for Donkey Kong. Oh. I become distant. Mm. I'm, it still hurts. I'm becoming consistent in my disdain for uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, I mean, that that's become legend among it, you and some of our common of our common friends yeah, here it's i mean it that's just, a whole other story it, it just hurts so bad that's another podcast it's two of my most beloved things but yes well exactly. i mean donkey kong i i mean I, I do give donkey kong honestly a little bit of a, of a unfair rap and some of it's just to kind of to poke at you <laughs> just go ahead and say it but, it's a personal I mean, vendetta it's a, yeah I, i'm not a fan of it yeah it I don't make any bones about that, but it is what it is. I mean, yeah. there's plenty of games uh, that I like that you're not a fan of, but No Way Home was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, man. I'm going to take a hard line on that oh, one. <laughs> we're going to need another podcast for the podcast is what we're going to I mean, need. Oh. Just, I, I mean, just putting that out there. Welcome to the show, everybody. Yeah, my, my chest starts getting tight when when we, <laughs> when we start talking about No Way Home because it's like I, st- I start to get rage. It's almost like rage inducing. Yes, it is because because I loved it so much, you know. But well, but I get that. Not yeah. every, you're not right. Yeah. Well, but but I am, and, and millions would say that I am. Well, but you and those millions are not right. Well, well, okay. I, I've already told you. I think I said at the last show. If I ever meet John Favreau and um, Kevin, is Kevin, it Kevin Feige, yeah, I'm going to kick Feige. him. I'm going to kick him in the shin and demand my money in the two hours of my life back. That's what. That's my. Mm. That's what's going to happen. Oh me. Oh me. Well, and if they're I, signing autographs, I'm taking the pin. All, all I can say is that uh, that I'm I'm sorry that you will not have that enjoyment in your life. Okay. You know? All right. Whatever. Yeah. You know. So, uh, how about I get into what's been going on, Whitney? Yeah, because if we if we let ourselves, we'll go. We'll, we'll just go for two hours on uh, just on the movie, and I'm I'm holding myself back from doing that. Have quite you seen honestly. Ghostbusters not, Afterlife yet? Not yet, but but I you're did. a terrible human being. But, but I did, <laughs> but dude. But dude, uh, okay, I'm gonna refra- I'm still gonna refrain and hold myself back. Because we do have a show to do. Uh, I did get it on Blu-ray, but I, ha- I just haven't had an I, opportunity to watch it yet. I need to buy it. I've, I've seen it out there, and I just haven't yep. picked it up. Yep, yep. I, I'm looking forward to it. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I've had several other folks say it's going to be the nostalgia feels of you know 2022 that you didn't know you needed, but you, you were ready to, and, and, you're ready to have. And it's and, like, oh, no, I'm, I'm ready for that. And it wasn't like the uh, – this is – this is how impactful it was. I can't even tell you the the latest three Star Wars movies names. Yeah, I can't. I can't tell you. Yeah, but it was to a certain degree of rinse, wash, and repeat of major story points of the ones that we all know and love and grew up with. Mm-hmm. Okay, whereas you'll have the nostalgia feels with Afterlife, but it's a completely different story. And that's that's awesome. And it's 
I, I just I can't tell you anymore about yeah. it. I just yeah. it is the re the reason I haven't bought it is because I've just got so much going on right now, especially getting ready for Louisville Arcade Expo. Mm-hmm. Actually, in the show, we'll talk about it here in a little bit. We we get to have a sit down with the show organizers and we get a rundown of what's happening this year. But uh, I knew if I bought it, I was going to want to sit down and watch it. Oh yeah, and I yeah. just I just right now I can't dedicate even a couple hours to do that. Yeah, I, I know, and that's that's been the that's been the holdup for me as well. It's just other things other things have taken priority. So. It's it's how it goes. Well, on on my home front here, speaking of things taking priority, the arcade travel kit solution thing saga. I, I, I've said it continues, but I'm at the point where I just, I honestly, Whitney, I just quit. Hmm. I don't know what to do. And right now, my Harbor Freight tool case. I've crossed a new uh, a new new line. I perhaps I've reached a new low. I don't know what term to use, but not only is it held together with self-tapping sheet metal screws, but I've I've kind of not kind of Whitney. I've, I'm actually to the point now where I've incorporated rope into the into the <laughs> that poor uh, that poor to, case to hold it together. Yeah. You know the card that goes in the back that I love so much that makes easy access to tools, but yeah. is actually made very poorly out of cheap material. So all the screwdrivers and things have poked holes in the bottom of all the pockets. Yeah, that thing. I've actually gotten to the point where the tab that locks it into the top of the the lid of the case is ripped out. So now I've replaced it with a bolt, uh, a wire stay, and a piece of rope. Mm. That's that's where I'm at, Whitney. Uh, <laughs> why did why did it have to come to this? I don't. I just. I, it's going to be slowly modified to where at some point it's going to be like the six million dollar man it's going to be mainly replaced and only the original harbor freight case in spirit yeah is what, what's going yeah, on there's a handle and two hinges are going to be all that's left is what it sounds like so yeah i'm i know we've discussed the the classic versions of that kind of that toolkit where you where you've got the 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 insert that goes in the back with all the all the pockets and everything easy access and you can get that stuff on ebay and i'm just but the stuff is 80s and 90s vintage and there's something to be said for just having something in your hand yeah and again i think where i'm going to end up falling back when i get a little bit more time is seeing what i can find on like an amazon and just knowing that if i get it and it doesn't work once I have it in hand, I'll just have to go through the the, the footwork of returning it. Hmm. Well, yeah. it's you know it's it's interesting in in the sense that we we do actually have uh, some feedback later in the show oh, from from a listener who uh, wrote in and was talking about that particular topic right there. We'll, we'll get there, but even even he details what he is doing. And it's an expensive proposition because even just going through it, it what did we call it? The, the Milwaukee Packout Gear? Yep. Yeah. So this gentleman, uh, his name's Parnell, and Parnell was detailing what he's doing with the Milwaukee Packout. And one of the things that he noted is it's expensive to, to set oh, yeah, it up. Yeah. And even even once it's set up, it's like, do I do I even still do I even have the right thing? Oh, did, it's, did, it's, I, did I even get what I was really after? You said to set up. Um, so I'll I'll wait. But yeah, uh, yeah. I knew that the 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 it's not a case, but. The, the carry thing, uh-huh. however you want to deem it, because it's yeah. kind of like a hard-sided open-top bag. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, th- it's not cheap. No. You know, so, and I've seen the rest of their gear. I know the Milwaukee name. 
uh, generally, you, you know, you're going to pay for it because it's quality uh, commercial type pro, gear. De, pro, yeah, pro pro gear. Su- definitely yeah. prosumer. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, gear. So it, it's you're you're paying a little for the name, but you're also paying a lot for the quality. Right. So, um, the, there's there's definitely a buy-in yeah that's involved yeah, for sure there but. is and he he noted that but he's got some good insight and we'll, we'll get to that once we get into the feedback but it, it's going to be a hard pro it's going to be a difficult problem to solve because even for what i've done for myself i'm not, i think i think in the times that we've noted this and we've probably still got a little more to go on it i I'm not I'm not satisfied with where I'm at either. I mean, mm-hmm. I put it all together and it's okay, but it didn't really it didn't really scratch the itch, so to speak. It, it's not it's not really what I wanted it to be. Uh, even even once I was done with it, and Parnell even he even notes that as well. But uh, but yeah, I I think I mean, there's just more work to be done there. The the solution I've got from a form factor perspective that Harbor Freight uh, briefcase style kit. Mm-hmm. I love the form factor mm-hmm. because, like I've said it before, the things that I, I use quite often have easy access on that insert that's up in the lid. I've got a few things that are infrequently used that go behind that up against the inside of the lid. And then the bottom has got a few dividers in it, which because of just the quality of the case don't really kind of stay put mm-hmm. but they kind of keep themselves wedged between the the, the compartments i've made so, so they travel well yeah they, they travels well yeah it travels and well. i've got everything i want in those in 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 the bottom right there yeah and it it everything is nice the den- the density is great but the density is what is killing those cases they're yeah. not yep. made for that much weight yep exactly yeah. and especially once once you sling them around and slog them around through vehicles and everything like mm-hmm. that they would be fine to go from one end of the house to the other but to travel yeah i well, mean the ones that i had they they would start to they would start to creak and moan and and they would start to distort where the case wouldn't wouldn't shut properly yep. and everything like that it just under any kind of weighted the the, uh, the the negatives of the engineering on, on yeah. whatever harbor well whatever engineering harbor freight did on those it really <laughs> it you know it, it really started to uh it really started to, to show the weaknesses there so well that's why i've got the corners shot with uh self-tapping sheet metal screws yeah so there's like a, a plastic corner that attaches uh i guess like an extruded aluminum rail on three sides so if you're looking at the lower right if you if you got the case open and you're looking at the right corner closest to you, there's a plastic corner there that it, it, it connects to an extruded rail that forms the right side, mm-hmm. forms the front side, and then goes down toward the bottom of the case and then meets into another one. So yeah. on three sides. Well, those are all we're all pulling out. So that's why I've got screws shot through them to, to hold them up because it was just friction fit. That's yeah. the way that was built. Yep. You yep. know, it wasn't built for what I'm doing with no, it. No, it wasn't built for what but, I was doing uh, with it either. And I actually had one of mine fall apart to where the hinges got so distorted uh, just by lifting it and carrying it and tossing it into the back of my Jeep. I got so frustrated with it, I emptied it out and threw it away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I just, I was just like, done, gone. So, yeah. Well, game wise, uh, here's a let me touch on a couple games because some of these are actually going to Louisville Arcade Expo this year I've I've mentioned the championship sprint which is the Atari system 2 game that I've been working on and 
uh, you know, I already had the, the the monitor rebuilt and I had the game pretty much rolling, but I wasn't really happy with the power supply. The game was running. I didn't have any low voltage issues, but I mean, really, this power supply looked like if there was a game that was in the hold of the Mayflower <laughs> when it sailed. That's that's a visual. That game had a power supply that eventually made its way into this huh. this championship sprint. So just because I, I want it to be solid and uh, I know it's going to have it's performing just fine out in the garage but it's also going to run for three days at Little Arcade Expo so went ahead and put a power supply in it and right now uh, I'm, I'm calling it done I mean it, she, it's running great playing great I'll, I'll when I'm out there I'll turn it on and let it run some did you put a play. switch did you put a switcher in it yeah they, it just has a switcher, a switcher in it, in it. yeah it yeah. wasn't a, yeah. yeah okay just had a switch as far as I know I'll be honest with you I've had my nose in a few system twos but not a lot as far as I know, factory was just a switcher. Yeah, were they? Okay. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't have one to know, so I, I'm wasn't, wasn't I sure. Could be wrong, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Just looking at it, it doesn't look like like there was a lot of uh, hackery done. Yeah. To put to put a switcher in I, it. I, I mean, if you think about the vintage of that game, it makes sense that a switcher would be in it. But I mean, without again, without seeing one or having one, I, I don't want to assume anything. So I know that there was an AR. Three, mm-hmm. you know the beloved audio regulator two that's in a lot of your classic Atari yeah. games. And AR three wasn't used in much. I mean, it was it was just a handful of games, was if it? I remember correctly. So I'd that, have to go back and look it up. But yeah, that that might have been a transition period till you got yeah. to where they just said, "Well, we'll just put a switch in our Why <laughs> yeah. are we Why are we re- reinventing the wheel? Why are here? we reengineering what's what's already yeah. been solved in that manner anyway? So the other game that that I've really kind of focused on has been the Carnival King, and I think I mentioned this last week. We it's, did, yeah, in, in the last episode. Yeah, we we had a we looked up a picture of it, and it's this big, beautiful red machine. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, okay, big, I do remember red that. Red cabinet. Yeah. So this one was kitted into another cabinet, so it wasn't a dedicated. And I finally got to play the game, and I knew it was Carnival based. Yeah. And man, it's it's a fun game, and. The, the 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 one thing I don't like about it is is it's only a single player. I mean, well, you can play two players, but it's only a single gun. Mm-hmm. And you're doing when you start the game. If you ever see one of these, you Whitney or anybody out there, you've got to play it. So when you start the game, you've got three places you could go to, and each place has four games within it. So basically, you've got twelve games, mm-hmm. and they're not really they're not really like the same game just with a different wrapper yeah like there's um there's one game that's that's a bot you're you're shooting bottles well they'll kind of wobble their way out kind of (laughs) kind of uh um, oh my gosh what's the classic wpc uh not wpc that's pinball uh mcr2 game um tapper They'll kind of meander their way out of side doors, kind of uh-huh. like the the bar patrons and yeah, patrons and tapper. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know you'll have a, a in all these games you'll have a drop in clock that you can shoot for additional time. But so that's one of the games where like you've got these several rows and these meandering bottles will come out and the call outs <laughs> really work. I mean it's just it's it's yeah. so hard to explain. And then there's another game that's uh, like this big spinning disc. It looks like a prize wheel uh-huh. and b- balloons will blow up on it. Okay, but you don't just shoot the balloons. Like two colors will will come in and there might be two blue and two red and then you got to follow the game and it shoot the red. 
well you got to shoot the red and then it'll say shoot the blue and then as you go it gets more complex you'll have more balloons and more colors and it's all carnival based so it's it is 12 relatively unique Mm -hmm. games yeah and there's a lot there to hold your interest and it's, it's not like i haven't played it enough to see and i'm i'm guessing from what I've played it, I, I feel that it's not. It's not like Area 51, where it's pretty much you're going to drive and you know there's going to be a monster here, there's going to be a monster there. It's you're going to turn, there's going to be a monster there. You know, it's it's pretty set. It's it's a pretty fun game, and no, it's, it's cool. I'm really trying to decide if I want to sell it. <laughs> you know, because it, it, it was on the list to be sold, yeah. on the list to go. It's, I, I get it's it. going to get, you know. But man, it's a it's a it's a unique game and it's a neat game and it's a fun game. But so yeah, the monitor's been rebuilt and I've actually got the neck board off of it right now because um, green was kind of giving me a little bit of a fit and um, the traces. I don't know why I didn't catch this. I've uh, I, I, honestly, Whitney, I forgot to go look up the monitor. I've worked on these chassis a million times, but I know them by sight. These are yeah. it's one of the few that I just don't know by its number. It's a Wells it's a Wells monitor. But um, when I see them, I know the drivers tend to get hot and, and the, the, the color drivers on the neck board tend to get hot and it jacks up the traces and the pads. And invariably, it'll rip the pads loose or raise the traces and you have to jump them. Well, this one didn't look hot. And I guess I never thought to just kind of give them a little wiggle. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I had a couple lifted, lifted pads. Mm-hmm. So I, the neck board's actually out of it right now. And I've already jumpered it. I just kind of kind of put it back together. But the uh, I, I can't figure the game out. This is this was kind of a I don't know Whitney. When you get a new game, pinball or arcade or console or whatever, is the discovery of what someone else has done to it almost as much fun as having it? It, it is, but I will tell you, I get tired of it. Uh, it yes, I, I get tired yes. of it because because all. All it winds up being is a is a monumental waste of time in yeah. the sense of here I went into this with a fun attitude for what's what yeah. you're bringing the realism to sorry it. But, but you are it's it, you're right I mean because you you pay for a game you get a game you do whatever and the intent is to have the game that you that you purchased not to have a bucket full of projects and so yeah. or or when you open it up and it you know it's actually being run by three squirrels that wave at you and say I'm hungry yeah. you know and it's like <laughs> time to time to eat it's like oh sorry guys I didn't realize you were in there making that thing go but I mean I get yes it, it's it's intriguing because you get to see how some other people problem solve, but after a while it just gets it just gets tiring. Yeah. It really does. Because you just want it back to the way that it should be, not not the way that it is and you know that it's going to be an investment of time to get it there so and and that's kind of exactly how i felt with this now i I still don't feel bad about it because i got it right okay okay i I, i'm I'm not worried about the like it being upside down thing yeah the the person that the, the the couple rather the family that i got the game from they had originally i i I think they were, I'm trying to remember how I'd met them. They somewhere along the line, they were introduced to me as a person that knew something about games. Okay. Regardless, I vividly recall being told that the game worked until it didn't. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I knew going into it that there was, you know, it, it was, it's a hard drive game. So 
uh, is the hard drive crash? Is the power supply bad? The the board is an IT games board that is. I'm pretty sure it's the same board, like for a golden tee of the same vintage, mm. just with the different proms on it. You know, so parts were there. Yeah, and so I got it right. I wasn't too worried about it, but I was told that at their house it worked. <laughs> This game never worked yeah. at their house yeah. because it was missing too much. And in case in point, like, I, I, okay, the monitors are running. Great. Perfect. Let's see what we can do. I, I need to clean the glass. It's a little fuzzy. Need to adjust it. But the first thing I'm going to do is let's just see if I'll start a game. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. Pull the trigger. Yeah. Screen doesn't flash. Nothing. Yep. Take the gun apart. No opto board. Nothing. Yeah. You know, and I also found, you know, the, the, the coin the coin door the game was not on free play yeah and the wiring was rather roughly extracted from the coin door (laughs) so uh, i don't know how they ever played it and then i guess the 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 quadruple kicker here is the start button didn't work oh man and i I looked at that so the game's jamma so there's like six or eight grounds in a jamma harness i can't remember how many and generally what you do is you pull a ground wire to like the player one controls and you pull a ground wire to the player two controls and you take another ground wire and you run up the power supply and another ground wire and you take it to the coin door so there's one for all you, you yeah. have a discrete ground wire out of the harness for your major systems yep. Yep. versus just like one or two that you have to like feather out chain everywhere yeah, exactly yeah. yep so i followed the ground wire back it there there isn't a player one player two control there's just a start button and then the gun which is a direct plug into the board and the ground wire that was used for the start button the pin was basically gone so i mean it just like gone Mm. there's no way it worked okay i'm just i can't figure out how it got to the state even with the ground pin thing how did it ever work (laughs) and it surely didn't work when these people had it and it till it didn't in their home because it never worked unless they started taking parts out of it okay and breaking stuff yeah yep it whatever whatever <laughs> I, just, I just get too near and dear to my heart with <laughs> but yeah i got it running and uh oddly enough you know i did replace the power supply in that because the one that was in it was so rough that it looked like it was the one at the welcome center uh there in egypt when they built the sphinx back in the day oh. i mean it oh, so, the, so the, these were comparable to the harsh well, that's even that's even worse than the mayflower man. yeah so, oh yeah, yeah this this one was harsh and i was kind of like you go buddy i don't yeah. know how you're still running i'm just gonna retire you while you're ahead yeah so because i want again before I'm, it takes other stuff out yeah 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 because it looked like it was it, mm, it was about a half a minute away from just being like a fireball oh, you know wow. an exploded rust shrapnel everywhere yeah but so so what switching power supplies are do you use i mean do you have like a back stock of hat you know the black haps or what what do you what do you prefer you know, what I do like you go with the your your classic kind of like the the switchers that you know kind of look like a book you know that form factor mm-hmm. kind of uh that that you i don't know how to describe them whitney we've all seen a thousand of them but you know imagine a book it's oh, yeah. a little taller than it is wider oh yeah yeah and then it's got a certain thickness to it well your classic switcher kind of looks like that yeah it, well and, and that's why i'm referring to like the black haps i mean right. that you would see like in the centuri games and stuff like that most people call, would call them like a peter chow yeah design yeah a peter, a peter chow design yeah that's exactly right i i just like the and i believe they're hap the ones that come from uh, uh arcade shop yeah yeah sure enough and uh, i that's 
just what I go with. Yeah. And then the one that's in the Carnival King, just like would go in uh, uh, a lot of those IT games of that vintage. Mm-hmm. It's just a it's a computer power supply. It's yeah. like an AT power supply. Yeah. So honestly, I just I I didn't go bottom of the barrel. But obviously, wouldn't go in with like a gold edition, whatever that bronze, silver, gold rated yeah, yeah. gaming part. I went with like a a midline bronze edition mm-hmm. uh, power supply from Amazon. Yeah, is is what I did with that. If it works, it works, and it, it, it it's probably a, a thousand times better than the one that was in it when it was new. And the one that was in it literally looks like it's was used in egypt in the welcome center when they built the sphinx and it was still running yeah you know run the game just fine yeah yeah no i understand yeah so i plan for both of those to be with me at louisville arcade expo super mario brothers that i've talked about on prior shows it's actually back there in the shop behind you that's gonna go um the pack while i'm on the topic my pack plus cabaret is gonna go my two tigers which is going to play into the next conversation here. I want it to go and I'm, I'm going to probably pull another piece. I need to do, need to figure out what, what, I, what all actually I'm taking, sit down and really think it out. But that's, that's at least what's on the books to go. And then the two tigers brings me to my Tron. So Whitney, if you notice the Tron is a little, a little yeah. out. I did actually start finally trying to diagnose it. And the short of it is, is the five volt died. Mm. Um, I was checking the fuses and, I don't know what they call it, Whitney. I, I've always heard it referred to just generically, like on cloth, as the suitcase. The suitcase, the suitcase yeah, which that's is the way that, I've always heard it too. The the assembly down, kind of in the middle of the the bottom of a lot of this same era Bally cabinet. Yeah, it's got the big filter capacitors. They're equivalent of the big blue Atari, the Atari Big Blue. Well, on top of that, there's some screw in fuse holders. I went to pop them, and they came apart. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna actually have to pull that out, change the fuse holders out, um, take a good look at the board, probably just something basic like the regulator, and and just kind of get it running again. But the point with that is, is I want to get it running. I know the two tigers. Last time I had it going, the sound was out. So once I I've got my Tron up, two tigers is actually a Tron a conversion into a Tron. Mm-hmm. So there's a dedicated two tigers, but. Uh, there was a kit that Bally Midway issued to convert a Tron into the two, a two Tigers game. And like, if you look at my two Tigers, the side art is the exact same, not dimension, the exact same form factor as Tron side art, but just a scotch bigger because it has to cover it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then um, if you look at the kit, like I've looked at the doc, like scans of the documentation, mm-hmm. Tron's vertical, this game's horizontal. So you get a new bezel and it is kind of in your face because you're going to actually turn the monitor horizontal and then you get rid of that, like that three dimensional NPC artwork thing. Yeah. And a glass bezel goes in there, a marquee goes in there. You get a new control panel, two tigers. This version is you fly it with spinners. So you get another spinner. You got to use the original Tron spinner. Mm -hmm. And they even give you a second sticker. So instead of giving you two stickers that are art specific to two tigers, which is this airplane flying game, they give you one Tron spinner sticker uh, that goes on the spinner that 
comes in the kit because you're expected to have the matching spinner sticker on the Tron still. Yeah. So they're skimping you on the sticker, the spinner stickers. It started early, yeah. man. They started on it early. Uh, so, of course, you get a control panel. You get the spinner. And uh, uh, it, they don't even change out that bottom piece of curved uh, Lexan that's got yeah. the, the the Tron lines on it and all yeah. that all that stuff still stays. That's that's so. Um, oh oh, and then you get the. It's <laughs> so bad, but it's so it's so typical, good. but it's so good. Yes, you, you get the the game ROMs for two tigers uh-huh. and the dedicated. I got to try this. The dedicated two tigers is also uh, um. No, I keep wanting to say WPC like pinball. Yeah. It's, uh, help me here. MCR. MCR. The uh-huh. dedicated two Tigers runs on an MCR board set, just like Tron. Yeah. But for the conversion kit, you don't get sound ROMs. It just uses Tron sounds. <laughs> oh, that's even worse. <laughs> so. Oh. Or I, maybe I, better. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe one day what I, if I, if I get a little spare time, ha ha, um, I don't know if they're calling the sounds like by number. Uh-huh. Or if they're calling them by memory location, so the software is actually different. So one day, I don't know, I'll have to try changing out the sound ROMs and then maybe the software ROM. But then again, uh, the dedicated game, you fly it with like flight yokes, not spinners. Yeah. yeah. So I bet the game software, you know, is different as well. It's different, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but my plan is is to, to get Tron knocked out and then have a working mcr2 game and then just play back and forth parts to get the other going and zero in yeah Yeah. and honestly it's been a while since i've had it on and i think the sound was totally dead so it uh, it could be my bet is is it soundboard probably is 12 and negative five or just the negative five i mean the power supply made a loss to voltage or could this could be as cliche as a fuse i i haven't I had it at a show, and I haven't had it open since then. Oh, so yeah, I got you. I, I don't really probably don't need the Tron, but I'm kind of on a mission at this point. I get it. Yep, I get it, man. You 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 get to a point to where it's like you want to see something finish out a certain way, and so I mean that's me. That's me yeah. every day of my life. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> So it, I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to all this. Here's a couple non-gaming related things, but I've talked about them on prior shows, so I'm going to touch on it because I've, I've got feedback on it. People are kind of interested, but I'm going to parlay this into a gaming discussion. All right, so everybody just bear with me for a minute, and I wanted to talk a, a few minutes about the RC world. All right, so I've talked on a prior show about ripping apart a first-generation Traxxas Emax monster truck, and uh, um, I've pretty much finished that up and um i know i've got game stuff and this that but frankly whitney i've got it on a table or had it on a table spread out in my office and if i have 10 or 15 20 minutes and i just want to sit down and take a breath and you know i'm finished up with work or i'm on our equivalent of lunch yeah or uh, I've come in and it's a little later in the evening and I just want to wind down. Mm-hmm. I can sit there and piddle with it. Yeah. I don't have to get out, crawl around the floor, fire up an iron, get out schematics. Honestly, I just don't have to think yeah, I a get lot. It. Yeah, yeah, I get you it. You know, so yeah. uh, in that's, 
I've really, <laughs> I guess if anything here, maybe I'm, I'm encouraging people to take a break and do something a little different yeah. every oh, yeah. once in a yeah. while. Yeah, mix it up. I mean, and even some of the stuff that I've done this month is is that. So yeah, definitely. So I, I pretty much since the last show, have got this thing back together. Start with the base truck, upgraded it with a lot of aftermarket and factory Traxxas parts for a later Emax truck. So there's there's a lot. These are a lot like cars and a lot like uh, arcade games and a lot like the board sets that drive pinball machines. There is between games, between mm-hmm. vehicles, between car model years. There's a lot of overlap, but there's also a lot of improvement. Yeah, and you can play you can play models back and forth, and that's kind of what I did. I cherry picked the best that I could out of the next couple of versions uh, to really improve this truck without going so far that I had to just like totally re-engineer everything. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. A lot, a little hand fitting is okay, but I wasn't like trying to, you know, just mat, you know. Uh, mass change everything and, and create custom parts to make A work with B. So yeah, yeah. that that's kind of what I was doing and ended up doing that. This truck had a dual electric motor setup because that's the way at the time you could get any kind of power. We weren't into the modern motors that, that we have today in, in, in that kind of hobby. Um, but I did convert it over to a single monster electric motor. Okay. A lot of people back in the day would take electric motors out of like DeWalt drills. And that's what they would use in, in these trucks and the, the trucks of their day. It was kind of interesting to see, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the sites that had information on this exist, but the links to, Oh, here's where you go get your DeWalt drill motor. That, that stuff doesn't work anymore. Cause that's, <laughs> that stuff's 15 years old, 10 years old itself. But <laughs> Um, I did upgrade the radio to a later Traxxas radio that I happen to have. So, you know, I've got a little bit more of a modern radio with with, uh, an extended range, which is pretty cool. And this truck happens to be two-speed. So I I kept the two-speed transmission with a bunch of improvements. And uh, the radio, I've got a switch on it, so it'll switch gears. And it's, it's, I'm really enjoying it. But um, I got it all back together. I found a handful of new old stock parts uh specifically some things in the gearing world gearing area uh gearing off the motor the 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 primary gear right off the motor is called the spur gear the gear on the motor is called a pinion and then it drives the spur and then the spur starts to drive the other gears in the transmission and off you go down into the differentials and all that so I dug all that stuff up, dug up some new parts, dug up some new old stock Traxxas parts, and it it was a lot like working on an old pinball machine, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Some of the original stuff is still out there. Some of the new production stuff, depending on the game, is available and works to some degree. Um and that's kind of what where I'm winding into this here in a second because I want your opinion on on on, on parts, Whitney. But uh, my opinion will be buy them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. but let's ease into that. You know, to to make that statement qualified. How about that? So to wrap up on the on the on the Emacs, I did get it out on its first run. Finally, um, I had a few more parts that I had to order 
to to kind of get the battery situation sorted out and uh, a few things I just had to kind of get my hands on to make it where I liked it. Yeah. And I mean, I could do a whole show on just this one truck, Whitney. Mm-hmm. There, there's there there's a lot that went into it. But um, the first the first run went pretty well right up until it puked a drive shaft right out of the bottom of the truck. And this yeah. is this is the funny part of it. The drive shaft and this plays into the conversation I want to have with you. The, uh, the drive shaft was a third party thing and it wasn't a Traxxas part. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a third party supplier and I was buying parts for another vehicle and I happened to notice that they had some old stock for this truck mm-hmm. and I hadn't even started on the truck yet. I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. Okay. And I, honestly, I went way farther than I ever intended when I ended up with this truck as part of a, a group deal long ago. Mm-hmm. And that was the first part I believe I bought. I'm like, okay, well I know that this is a weak part. I'm buying this stuff. Yeah. I could throw it in. I'm right here. Yep. Let's go. Yep. And then it all cascaded downhill, and that's the that's the part that failed. Okay. And one of the reasons I went ahead and got it was because to get parts right from this vendor, I had to order them out of the UK. Uh-huh. So it wasn't like I could just <laughs> decide in six weeks or a week. Yeah. I really should have got that drive shaft drive shaft set, uh-huh. and I could have had it in three days for four dollars shipping. Yeah. That wasn't the case. So that's kind of what started the ball rolling is I I already had a barrier to entry to get something, an improvement part, a replacement part. And the same thing has just happened again. I've got that set aside for the moment because I'm waiting for parts now. I've managed to track down the Traxxas new old stock equivalent of the part I blew out. Yeah. So I opened up another Tamiya buggy. I've mentioned some Tamiya uh, RC products in the past this one is a a two-wheel drive buggy called the wild one really cool little buggy and um this this truck this car has been recently reproduced by tamia but it's not been recent enough where all the 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 kit disassemblers still have any parts and the transmission was was cracked in it i had to go to the uk to get the parts Mm -hmm. they're on their way Mm mm-hmm they're, they're factory parts, they're, they're Tamiya parts, but I got to wait. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of where I'm where I'm spinning this around because I've faced kind of this in the arcade console pinball oh world. Oh my gosh, yes. The folly of parts. I, I will tell you that, and, and I'll, I'll say this with full transparency, uh, and, and I, I own this part of the discussion in the sense of I'm holding myself accountable for the statement that I'm getting ready to make. Here's is, a hot take coming. Well, <laughs> is the, yeah, I guess, yeah, it is because if I, if I'm going to be truthful about it, then I have to admit that I have succumbed to the folly of parts, honestly, for years. <laughs> I truly have. Yeah, I know. And the whole, let's spend Brent's money. 
That's the folly of Whitney, <laughs> is what that is. So that's you projected on me. That's right? that's me projected onto you. And how about it? It just took 104 episodes for <laughs> the for, for the doctor to finally say uh, your the bill will be in the mail because we have now solved this problem. It, you know, from a psychological standpoint. But yeah, I, I mean, Brent, what I have noticed over the years of being in the hobby is that the folly of parts is real. In in the problem the problem problem with it being real is it creates an undeniable sense of FOMO yes. in, in the sense that you, if you don't have this stuff when you need it, then getting it when you need it is now potentially impossible. Right. Case in point, and yes. I'm going to relate that this. This is just recent, so I, I I hate to keep harping on an RC stuff because this is a a, a gaming show. Uh, well, yeah, but, but I, I get it. I mean, but it's it, but it's case in point, right? Is what right. it is exactly. Yeah. So I think I mentioned on the show at one point in time. I I just cleaned up a, a, a to me a monster beetle. Okay, yeah. so uh, it's kind of like an early monster truck type thing, big tire vehicle. It's not monster truck by today's standards by any means, but um, it has uh, this. It shares a chassis and a transmission with several Tamiya vehicles. All right, mm-hmm. when I did the Monster Beetle, I could get those parts for almost nothing. Like I would need something, and I would go to one of the vendors. And shipping would be free, and I'd look at their store, and it would be like, well, here's this parts tree, and it's literally three dollars. Yeah. And it's here's this parts tree, and it's literally a dollar fifty. Well, here's a big bucket of screws because they disassembled so many kits. They're almost free. Mm-hmm. And so I I, I bought a, some stuff, okay, here and there. And where it really shined is that that chassis is shared with a car called the Frog. And I know I've talked about the oh, Frog. Oh yeah, yeah, several times yeah. actually. Yeah. I went to restore air quotes, get my my vintage frog running uh-huh. with the currently available parts, which to me are made from the exact same molds. I mean, they're identical. Okay. And in getting parts over time for the frog, as I was buying parts for other vehicles, oh, there's a part for the frog. I'll grab it. I'll yeah. grab it. Yep. I literally, when I went to do the frog, I, I was like one bag of screws and a small part tree, probably 10 or $15 away from having not only enough parts to restore mine, the parts that were broken. But to build another. But to build a completely different vehicle. See. And that's what I ran into with the monster beetle yeah and uh i did a blackfoot that's another truck the same chassis mm-hmm. i went to do the 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 blackfoot and all that stuff dried up yeah yeah that well, stuff that was almost giveaways gone yeah. well now from the arcade side of the house because I, i'm i'm going to speak to that because that's the the side of it that, that i feel like i've got the most uh the most context behind mm-hmm. um if we look at a lot of the replacement parts that have shown up on Clove over the past eight, seven, eight years that we featured here on the show, those parts were, they were run in small quantity. They were produced to a high degree of, um, of, let's say let's say quality okay they they would be powder coated they would be finished they'd be deburred you know mm-hmm. i mean just complete you know everything's knurled everything's you know it, it, all the all the you know all the the corners are, are are smooth and everything is exactly how it ought to be and they're doing it as a labor of love and 
I would think, well, if I even have a remote or a passing interest in that game in the future, I, I can almost guarantee that they're that purchasing this part is a good investment because they're reproducing it for a reason because it's a high demand part for that game mm-hmm. or it's a hard to find part for that game. Now, admittedly, I've got a closet full of cloth. Okay. <laughs> I, and, I don't have a closet full, oh, but I I've do. got little pockets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of, I've I've yeah. got a I've got a closet full of cloth, man. You know that needs to be on a shirt. But but ultimately, I, I mean, am I going to use all of it at this point? Probably not. Am I going to get rid of some of it? Probably so. Am I going to get rid of all of it? Definitely not. But, I, I've but, recently but I, come to that same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some stuff that I bought on on chance because it was there and the FOMO was was strong in the sense of, oh man, if I don't get that kit, then it, then I'm going to want it in 18 months and then I'm going to then I'm going to be begging people to sell me a kit for somebody that's not using theirs and it's like Whitney doesn't like to beg. I don't I don't like to go and, a, and you know, ask for stuff and even from a financial perspective if even if someone's doing you a favor they're gonna they're gonna ask a premium because that's, that's just what the market because gonna that's be. just what the market's yeah. going to be and there there was a certain there was a certain perspective that i had especially at the time that it's like okay i know that's expensive that's okay that let's say that's 75 dollars today but i'm spending 75 dollars to keep it from being 185 dollars in two years well now stuff has gotten that way and and so you know i I mean i'm glad for what i was able to purchase and fortunate to be able to do it but i get where you're coming from because it's this double-edged sword yep but ultimately erring on the side of caution has actually worked for me versus not but erring on the side of caution costs money and that and and that's just (laughs) it, it it's just that I, uh, case in point with me, I've got one of the PlayChoice 10 kits that allows you to put an NES card in it. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. a series of kits, it, I've got a PlayChoice 10. I actually need to, it needs to be freshened up and I intend to put it in the game room. Okay. Now to use this kit, this is one of the kits where you have to change the BIOS. For, uh-huh. t- for me, that's not a that's not a big deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I can program the BIOS. That's that's not a biggie. Yeah. The kits, but I I jumped on it because I, I, at the time I let's just be honest, Whitney. In, in all seriousness, I'm I'm just not a Nintendo fan to the degree that you are. Yeah, I get it. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. not hacking on. Uh, I'm being yeah. serious here. I'm yeah. not hacking on the games. Yeah. Um. It's just. I just am not. I, I just didn't grow up with it like you did. Yeah, it, and you know, despite all that, the Play Choice Ten is is a game system that I have absolutely zero interest See, in. And, and that now this is really funny because even when this thing was available, mm-hmm. I didn't have a PC Ten. Yeah, and I think I had, I think I had a kit to go in a single monitor Nintendo cabinet. Yeah. But I had no, I have no nostalgia for the PC ten. But <laughs> I jumped I. in and I bought that thing. Yeah, thinking that that would be kind of cool to have a PC ten in an in a single monitor Nintendo cabinet, and then I'll have at the time because I can go to flea markets back then and buy games. I'd have a relatively inexpensive source of unique games to put in a game room. I, I get that. Yeah, I get and that. So it shifted a little bit i've got a dedicated pc 10 now that i can put that kit in but now that kit 
I, I got it because I didn't want to miss it. Mm-hmm. This is one of the rare ones where it's still, it, well, last time I looked, you could still get it and it was improved. You didn't have to do the ROM thing. Yeah. But that doesn't, that's that's the exception. And yeah, that's where the it, trap it, it, is. It is the it, it's truly the exception because, like I say, in in my cloth closet at home, uh, I mean, I can go through and I've labeled all of the boxes as to what it is, and I can I can pop that door open and I can look at the and I've got stuff piled up to the ceiling, man. Yeah. I don't really do, <laughs> and I, and I look up at it and it's like, man, uh, you know, there's a lot there's a lot of stuff there. But to go back on to Clove and get any of it today, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe you could you could score fifteen percent of it over again, maybe if you well, were lucky. You know, I mentioned that that motor, the single motor conversion yeah. on the on the Emacs. The gentleman that makes the uh, the motor plate, I, I could have honestly, it would have taken some time. But I had a I had a template from the original motor plate, and I could have figured out the dimensions because the uh, the the bigger motor has a has a wider spacing okay. for, for the screw holes, different yeah. size screw holes, different size little nose on it. I could have figured the dimensions out, probably templated it out with like some poster board, and then made it hand cut it and finished it out of aluminum. Okay because the guy that did this did it for a truck that's 20 years old you know <laughs> yeah and nobody's really doing it now i got lucky it was to him it was just a program on a water jet yes and he was kind enough to slap a piece of aluminum on a water jet and cut a few out and put them back on the site for me yeah yep but again this is this is exactly what you're saying if it's something you have interest in doing at some point in time you got to jump on it you do and then yeah. if you're behind the gun you you got to try to scrounge up something that happened in the past and and, yeah. and that's and that's difficult to do especially when you are then hamstrung by the lack of availability of that one specific item and it's like okay i've got this game thrown apart or i've got this game ready to put together and i'm I'm minus that i'm down one piece and that one piece is the and i hate this word but it works the unobtainium Mm -hmm. that that i'm that i'm stuck i'm stuck on i don't know man it's i i think about it if I, i i think about it a fair amount when I'm going to buy something new, okay, like like a new, like a new part on claw that I see run on claw or something like that. I think about it quite a bit now because, and it makes me take pause because five years ago I wasn't thinking about it nearly as much. It's just like, uh, oh, do I have an interest in that? Bam, get it. Do I have an interest in? Bam, get it. And you know, and stuff was just rolling in, you know, box after box after box. I do think about it a lot more now, and I try to be a bit more selective about it, but it's still something that you have to consider because... I mean, Brent, it's not like any of this is produced at a mass scale. And now, to me, it may be a bit different. But on the on the pinball and, and especially on the arcade side, none of this is produced at scale. Mm-hmm. And all it takes is just one person closing their clove account, and those parts disappear forever. Yep. Yeah. So, what do you find, Whitney? Uh, you're talking about the unobtainium part. So, in in the circles that I have run in my hobby career, yeah, cars arcade pinball and now rc stuff and Mm -hmm. uh, i i've dipped more into the rc than i have uh i've dipped more into it recently but i've i've kind of been tap dancing in that space for several years at this point Mm -hmm. um the struggle i you come across is 
do you hold out for a new old stock or an original that you can refurbish? Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. And this, I think the answer to this is going to be a great big depends. Okay. Do you go with an aftermarket, air quote, straight replacement? What I struggle with is the quality. You know, you. you oh yeah, there's you, there's no doubt. Yeah, you might you might actually get better performance af- with an aftermarket part. Uh-huh. There's something negative to it in that you're not, if you're restoring something, it's not perfect. Yeah, exactly. And I'm looking over here at my Adams. This is one thing that's always tweaked me about Adams family. The factory ramp in it was smoked. You can't get a smoked ramp for an Adams family. There's probably everything in that game reproduced. That game is so popular and there's so many parts for it. And I actually just Googled it just to see and Marco Marco came right up and Marco's where I got that ramp at. Ramp's beautiful. Ramp works great. It's clear. Mm-hmm. If I yeah. if I wanted to restore that game, I can't. Yeah. Because nobody makes not, the ramp. Not to the letter of the law. No, not to the letter of the law. Not yeah. not at all. I guess I guess one of the notes I've got here is just finding new old stock parts. You know, yeah. do do you settle? Do you? I mean, what what do you? If you could have a new old stock something, would you prefer that, or do you lean toward aftermarket? So I, I take uh, I try to take a very metered approach to this, and I try to run that that decision tree, or I try to run the output. Uh, let me let me rewind that again one, one last time. I look at the situation at hand and the part in question, and then what its perform what it what its intended performance is going to be inside either the inside inside the arcade machine or, I mean, for me pinballs. I mean, all my pinballs are late models, so I, I'll I'll kind of excuse pinball from this discussion. But I think it still applies at least for my response on this discussion because I think it still applies. So focusing on the arcade the arcade side of the house. I really have to look at the part in question before I will determine that an aftermarket would be applicable because I have gotten burned a bit by some quote-unquote modern replacements Mm -hmm. for new old stock components that just didn't carry the water or or work as well and and have the longevity. And let's, let's take like... Let's, let's take like um, power supply adapters, okay? I, I'll use that as a case in point. You can find a blue million power supply adapters that will quote-unquote remedy the need for going back to the older style linear power supplies in a lot of different games or using the, the factory power supplies in a lot of different games. And do they work? Yes. But do they work well? It's questionable. And do they do they provide the margin of safety and do they provide the the intrinsic characteristics of the original power supply a lot of times the answer is no and so I, I went through a bit of a learning experience with those and a lot of times the the power supply adapters were not it were not the the end-all be-all and especially for the, for the original linear power supplies and it's not really become a viable option until until what I would say very recently, like within the past year, where we've seen some folks, very enterprising individuals that have gone through and literally recreated even the power curves for the linear power supplies. And they massage a switching power supply to the point where they recreate the power signature of the linears 
so that you can use a switching power supply in a defender and and not lose not lose your high score tables and not have it flake out. You're going and, right where I was going because I knew I knew like the the leader for that yes. was Williams games. Yes, exactly. And they expect the supply to start yes. in a very specific manner. That's right, and they expect it to bleed off in a very specific yep. manner as well. And so. So ultimately where I'm going with this is that you really have to know your source material in order to make the right decision. And I've had to learn that over time because I've spent some bad money. No, I'm sorry. I've spent good money on bad, okay, unwittingly. And you have to learn that. So I, I think there is definitely a situation where aftermarket works, okay, undeniably. It can work. But but I think that in order to make that decision, you have to truly understand what you're potentially giving up yep. and what you're potentially taking on for using an aftermarket part. And even when three or four aftermarket parts are available, I think you have to do your due diligence to make sure that you're selecting the right one because technology improves and we can get a better a better power supply or at least at least now finally in 2021-2022 an equivalent power supply for the Williams linear power supplies. But it took a long time to get there and it took a lot of think, inferior inferior solutions to get there. I think some of that is um because it works good enough uh-huh that's exactly right well, oh it locked up just re- restart just, the game. just restart the game yeah. it'll be fine oh you lost your i uh, lost the high score table well it only does that like once out of every eight power cycles so, eh, it's not a it's not a yeah, big enough not, deal yeah especially like um especially like on some of the some of the 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 title games i mean they were very very susceptible to high score save kits and in in memory corruption and things like that and it took a while for them to get sorted it out as well and you just saw a lot of a lot of attempts that that probably were not uh engineered as well Mm -hmm. as as well as what we now have available today i don't know that was a really long no no that is really long-winded answer but but i tried to give an example as to why i why i apply a, a fairly um a fairly drawn out decision tree before I decide to make a purchase now. You just, you made the same argument that I make against aftermarket pinball boards, mm-hmm. but, you, but you did it in a way that no one's that we, I haven't harped on, on the show. Yeah. And, and it, and actually it's, it's great food for thought. Yeah, it is. You know, I have used with some regularity, like maybe two of them. Is it, which the space invaders the midway flavor of space invaders the l board Mm -hmm. so there's several games that are that are on that series of of piece of hardware not just space invaders and space invaders deluxe the power it's got a, a, a linear power supply that is not very not very complex and i'm trying to remember there's something in it that there's a reset or something that it looks for knowing that it's going to come up kind of wonky. Mm-hmm. And then it, once it gets to a point where, where, where it's running strong, it sends a, the power supply sends a reset to the board so that 
So, so that it can finally come up clean. It'll come up clean. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, it, it's, like it, it, it's got its own three second loop yeah, in it. And yeah. then it says, okay, now, now do it for real. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, Hey buddy, this is going to be rough. You're going to have all kinds of, you're going to have unclean power. Yeah. There's a fear that you're going to have uh, junk that's going to land in memory because yeah. this isn't running in crack. And then uh, I'm up reset. Click, yeah. And then off we go. And, and, reset, and then, it's like a reset line good. right to the processor. Yep. And the first one of them I did, I did exactly what you're talking about, the research and the level of understanding. I just didn't buy it and slap it in because I wanted to make sure that the the adapter did that. Yes, exactly. Yep. Because it it needed to reset the board. Mm-hmm. The, there was nothing else anywhere else to keep the board um for to, to so the board would do it on its own basically. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And and essentially mimic the behavior of old yeah. in the sense that yes you're applying 20 you're you're applying modern technology but you still have to recreate the condition that the that the solution was engineered exactly under. yeah that's you know, exactly right that, that, that's like the tron i talked yeah. about i'm i could go out and get an adapter and stick in it and put a switcher in it yeah i'm just gonna fix the linear yeah because it, i the switcher can break i mean that I, I redid the power supply on that tron however many years ago and that was just a, a recap and a general cleanup and some other component on it's failed. Okay, so what? Same thing could happen to a switcher. It could be, that switcher could run 10 years or it could run 10 months or 10 days. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's just like anything else. Yeah, exactly. So it's, I'm not gaining anything in my opinion. Yeah. But um, I may be losing something. Yeah, it, very possible. I, I mean, I've not seen any real advances in the in the MCR power uh, power conversion boards as of late but uh to that point i've not tried one yet to to see does it truly work well i mean i probably ought to crack my satan's hollow open i mean i know i've got a couple of them from arcade shop i probably ought to just try one out and just compare just kind of do a back-to-back because my my satan's hollow and my tron have both got the suitcases in them still and they they both work fine but uh as far as i know that the the board just replaces the linear power supply it doesn't replace the whole suitcase that, that is correct okay. yeah yeah right. it just yeah. replaces one side of it yeah. yeah it just replaces the dc side of yeah it. yes it's, the dc it's, side yeah, of it. the dc yeah. side of it yeah but but it would be interesting just to try it out you know just to just to say hey is this thing <laughs> was this engineered well or is this thing a hack you <laughs> well, know to, that's can, what i'd like to, to know to go ahead and give him some credit the, yeah the uh, and, and I'm and I'm not. That's no slam on arcade shop at all. Because trust me, I've bought a lot from them. Oh, yeah. It's just that you 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 ask yourself, okay, this board's been out for twenty years. Uh, this board's been out, let's say, ten years. Has it not been redesigned because it truly is a good solution, or has it not been redesigned because it's a good enough solution? Mm-hmm. I w- I would like to know the answer to that question. Yeah. Well, to at least from to tie a little bow around that from my experience the the board that i used in those midway games mm-hmm. where i know I, i've done at least two of them okay and, and that was just a i don't have the power supply do i track the power supply down <laughs> yeah. at one point i was doing two space invaders i was already ordering parts yeah and it was a cheap enough experiment i asked the questions if i didn't like the board i still had the power supply so i was out a little money but not yeah. the whole thing yeah and uh, it came from arcade shop. Oh yeah, yeah. and yeah. it worked just it worked just a treat. Well, the good, good. Yeah. In, in in a lot of in a lot of um, 
these products arcade shop does sell and so they they tend to be kind of a go-to for a lot of your converters and conversion boards and kits and things like that it's just i've just not had the benefit of trying them all to say what of that lot is cream of the is cream cream of the crop and what is what's passable and serviceable mm-hmm. and and that's what i would really like to know um one thing that i'll mention just to bring it back around to like the, the williams discussion i mean it took a gentleman by the name uh, of brad radell and he sells a lot of his products on facebook but brad f- finally put the in finally brad put the engine uh, i'm sorry finally someone put the time and the effort in the engineering into creating a switching power supply adapter that worked across the williams lineup and it was brad who did it and his solution looks vastly different from the other switching power supply adapters that you see for for williams games and he addresses the oddities <laughs> of of the of the williams system the board the, the board the board expectations as well as the power supplies and he ensures that he recreates all of that and uh in in those those products that he sells have been met with really good reception across the community because they work so yeah i'm actually case put, in point if you want to put a link to that information you had whitney in the show notes i'm gonna throw a link that. in here um to the arcade shop board I was talking about and the platform is the Midway 8080 yeah uh, if memory serves 8080 is the processor uh, it, it, yeah uh, I is, think 80, so. is that right or is that just the that 80, doesn't 88, sound, no 88 no 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 that doesn't I don't sound think right. so 8080 was an Intel was an early Intel processor right yeah yeah did Space Invaders use that yes oh it did yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, okay I was trying right. to remember because it's been so long I've, since I've had my hands on one see and the thing is I've never had a Space Invaders and I've had several and, and quite honestly I have no I have no intent intention of ever having one it <laughs> i don't just, i no longer ju- have one it was just not a game of high nostalgia for me but i i mean i recognize its importance and i know lots of people who love it and i get it but just personal preference on my part that's all so th- that platform was like 25 games oh wow many of them you it never, was that much really a lot of them you've never heard of okay there, there was three space invaders games uh space invaders deluxe and space invaders 2 and um sea wolf you ever seen a sea wolf the sub oh, game oh yeah yeah sea wolf's a great game it's a lot of fun um um man you're not helping me because i got two and they were i was gonna get rid of them oh uh, no, no. uh, <laughs> man not helping me sorry <laughs> it, it is a fun game but, but i mean it's a very simple game and it's, and it's a very slow and lumbering game uh-huh but it is cool you know for what it is um so gunfight which is the game credited as being the first arcade video game with a processor you do you know the one i'm talking about gunfight so, yeah yeah mid, yeah midway yeah uh, so yeah, midway yeah game. a midway yeah. gunfight yeah and the control panel uh-huh. has like i i think it's it has the, the gun stocks on it right is yeah. it two pistol grips or is it one I pistol grip it, to do your gun hand and the one joystick to move your character up oh, and down i don't i don't know if anyway it, it's a real unique cool very, very much so yeah. I, I know it has at least one gun one gun grip on yeah. it i know it has at least one so yeah. that's an 80 that's an 80 80 and then if people have ever seen 280 zap um that that's an 80 80 mm-hmm. then there was a lot of uh black and white games and there's actually another game on here it's the same game desert gun and roadrunner i've actually got the roadrunner version oh i've never seen either one of those do, do you know your classic you know the look of your classic electromechanical 
gun games where mm-hmm. you had like a rifle stock on it mm-hmm. up on the pet kind of up on the on pedestal, a pedestal, on a pedestal. yeah mm-hmm. well this is i always envision this the cabinet is is that cabinet that, okay that think of that classic cabinet where it, it's kind of big and tall in the back and then it's got that pedestal out the front that the gun stock is on yeah but it's uh electronic so you got it like a 23 inch instead of being electromechanical it's solid state so you got a 23 inch monitor black and white monitor in the bottom that fires up into a half silvered mirror and then there's backgrounds in it like you'd had in an old em game that are all fluoresced by black light okay and originally the game was roadrunner but it was a little too close to to roadrunner the cartoon okay and they renamed it desert gun (laughs) so yeah so yeah that that board set was used in quite a bit and i've used that adapter and been very very happy with it so if anybody's got any one of those l board platform midway games and like i said there's like 25 of them and you're either missing the supply or i know there's some kind of esoteric cap values on there i've rebuilt it by combining some caps to get the correct value for some of the locations um I wouldn't get rid of the factory supply mm-hmm. if you've got it, but I would, I would say this is a viable option. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I, but so and I guess to wrap all this up, Whitney is kind of a relearning the lesson on the RC side. Yeah. A lesson that we have already kind of known on the, on the gaming side, parts aren't necessarily parts and you can quickly get into I, I i love when you said it whitney fomo fear of missing out oh yeah you quickly can fall into fomo oh yeah and end up with a massive parts for games that you don't own <laughs> yeah you know because you want to own them yeah and then you can also end up in a situation where you're trying to find the unobtainium part and you might have to settle for something that isn't up to par uh something that may be functional but isn't like the original yeah different finish or something yeah um i.e the ramp on my adams family uh yes the clear ramp does look nice and you can air quote see more but i i was kind of bummed i wanted i I get i get it i wanted the right ramp yeah 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 just the way it is yeah and and, you know indifferent is not always an improvement or improvements are not always better or (laughs) self-perceived or self-claimed improvements are not always better and that's a case in point i'm sure yeah, uh, I've harped on that enough, Whitney. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's it's an interesting discussion because it's one that is uh, it's a learned position. I'll say that because I've gone through a few different stages of of this in order to, I guess, kind of graduate up to where I'm at. And even then, Brent, I still don't always honor my my own lesson because <laughs> it depends upon what it is and, and what's going on as well. So I don't know, man. It's a it's a big oh. old. We can just we can just rewind the past twenty minutes and just say yeah, buy it all or it depends. You know? I'm going to blow your mind real quick yeah, before I enough. forget. I'm yeah. going to I'm going to pull together 3D printing uh, parts, uh-huh. RC all together. Okay. As soon as I get past Expo, my next project is going to be revamping my printer. Good. Not only do I want to get get going, and then I have something for you. Oh, good. Keep, keep going. Not only do I want to get things going for the game room, uh-huh. 
but uh, I really need to design a part for that Emacs. <laughs> <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Well, there you go. Well, uh, you can you can learn Fusion 360 by watching YouTube videos. Uh, and uh, there's uh, oh no, I'm just going to give it to you and uh, a set of calipers, and you're going to do it. That's fine. I, I'll be ha- I'll be happy to do it for you because you know what I can do that. Um, <laughs> But if we were to segue, I d- I've got an update that you're going to love. Okay. okay. But it comes it comes just a little further All down right. the list. Fair enough. So the past month, I, I have not you know, I've not been doing really much of anything arcade or pinball related. I have uh, number one, I've been very busy with family commitments. So I have been using my time in between the things that I've been doing for family to work on uh, some of my some of the, the essentially the console collection and, and just going through and just organizing and cleaning up uh, you know as as I can because that's something that you can do with you can do for 20 minutes here you can do for 30 minutes there mm-hmm. whatever it may be so I've been going through and pulling all of my console games out of the tubs that I've had them in for years and it's like I'm getting all this stuff organized uh, I'm getting it all cataloged. I'm getting it all up on shelves to where I've got everything in one place. Okay. So one of the things that Grace asked for Christmas uh, last year was a bunch of uh, Billy bookcases from Ikea. And what, <laughs> okay, and what, first of all, that name, I was first made aware of the naming of all of the items at Ikea from <laughs> the yeah. movie... Deadpool. Okay. Because <laughs> there was, yep. do you remember Deadpool? Oh, yeah. There was the whole thing about we should have, or they were trying to build the, 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 cabinet or whatever uh-huh. i told you we should have ordered the and it was some and then of course yeah. the glass cases that i like the uh-huh. one that's down here i think you've got it it's called a detolf a detolf yes exactly the bookcase is billy the bookcase is I, called billy and it's been called billy for going on 35 years okay yeah just that doesn't seem like an act okay but that's the name of the book i'm assuming okay. detolf is something in swedish swedish that i have haven't looked up yet. okay of course so. hagen is meant to sound like is it I, I, what would you think Haagen-Dazs the ice cream what do you think that German. is it's a completely made up word is it really yes, okay. yes. so Dietoff may very well be as it well. very well could be okay anyway continue yeah so <laughs> so in my in my uh, expert opinion of spending months and now years combing through the Ikea product catalog I truly believe that the Billy bookcase is the best bookcase uh, for media, for books, for darn near anything that one would want to display, okay? The Billy bookcase. The Billy bookcase, seriously. So Grace wanted some for Christmas, and uh, I went up to Ikea, got got her a bunch of Billy bookcases. We put them together in a room, and they look fantastic. They look actually, they look fantastic. Okay. So while I'm there... uh, in making that run for her, I get a bunch of Billy bookcases that I'm, I know I'm going to want to put up in the console room. And so, you know, I got those all put up a while back. It's just that I hadn't started moving the games over to it. Okay. 
So I st- so at the time that I assembled them and put them all together. So over the past month, I've been you know slowly moving my console collection. And when I say my console collection, I'm going to be very upfront with everybody. It's my it's my it's my book library, and my Atari 2600, and my Activision collection, and my NES and Super Nintendo collection. That's what my console collection really is. And so I started you know putting all of my boxes up on the shelves, and I noticed that the the depth of an Atari box or an NES box when it it, it is it's nowhere near as deep as the as the depth of the Billy bookcase shelf itself so when you when you put the box on the shelf it goes all you know the why, way back you know why I'm sighing why I hate you okay all right but but <laughs> no, and then this you know why I hate you why because now I want this to display my RC cars. Oh yeah, but I'm but here at the Philly bookcases. But but here's the thing though, Brent. I've solved the problem. Okay. 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 I'm sorry. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. I, I distracted from your story. No. No. Go no ahead. worries. No worries. But but you see you see what the problem. I see your problem. You see the yeah, problem because you've is. got extra depth. Yeah. You you've need. got way too much extra depth. So what I did is I hopped into Fusion and I measured I measured the the depth of the Billy bookcase. I measured the depth of the of an Atari uh, an Atari box an NES box a Super Nintendo box, you know, all the boxes that I would think that I would ever want to have, Vectrex boxes, all this kind of stuff. And so what I did is in Fusion 360, I designed what I affectionately now call a backspacer. Mm-hmm. And so this back this backspacer, I print it on my printer, and then what it what I do is it takes two of them for the width of a of a mid-size Billy bookcase. And all it does is it's just a shim that takes up all that extra depth on the on the bookcase on the shelf, and then you put your game boxes on the shelf, and, they, and they're fronted. And they're fronted. And the great thing about it is, is you can push on the boxes and they won't tip backwards. Yep. Okay. So you can put pressure. You can put pressure even on the top of the box and push it back and it still won't tip over and the great thing about it is is this allows the con- the collection to be so nice and you know what's great about it Brent every single box is uniform yep. on the shelf when, now if what you, drives me crazy about like if I was trying to do this without mm-hmm. the I'd want to pull them forward so oh, yeah. in the light oh yeah and you could see the colors we'll see, we'll see. they're not a, and, but if you take one out yeah. you're constantly struggling because when you put but, it back it pushes the it neighbors. pushes the others back you're right well Brent I've nice solved that uniform. problem because that doesn't happen on my bookcases anymore. Now, if you look at the show notes, look at the picture of two of my Billy bookcases with me using my backspacers. Yeah. Thank you. It does. It's perfect. And so uh, I've designed a different backspacer for Atari boxes, a different backspacer for Super Nintendo, a different backspacer for NES, and a different backspacer for Vectrex because believe it or not, they're all different. But if you want them all to be fronted and, and just have just a few millimeters of lip on the shelf and then for the for the box to be well supported on the on the sh- on the shelf itself you need my backspacers man you know what you could do what's that you can partner with your backspacer mm-hmm. and you can design something that goes in the front like where the books would go yeah and um for loose carts like a rack oh yeah so you don't great have great idea you, you print it in pieces yes you print okay well uh this is for atari carts yes and you need to print depending on what your depth is a nintendo backspacer to yeah. give you the space to front it on the on the 
bookcase on the bookcase, shelf. But the carts can stack, and the carts can stack with with Bingo. like a little like a like a rack. So yeah, you got like yeah. little like little shelves in it, yes. so you can just slide them out. Oh like, yeah, like it, like an old cassette, like an old cassette. Yes, that's awesome. So great idea. When I get to that point, because I do have a lot of loose carts. When I get to that point, and where I where I it's where I'm at the point where I need to solve that problem, then I'll do that. But the backspacers, uh, the, I haven't uploaded the design to Thingiverse yet, but I will and share and share it because, you know, if these take a while to print, there's no way in the world I would want to print these to sell because they just take too long to print. And, um, it's not a lot of material, but it's a lot of, a lot of head time. It's, it's, it's a yeah. lot, it's a lot of time. And, and because it, it's, a, it, yes, it's a lot of slinging of the bed in in the in in the chassis and the extruder and everything uh to make this out but it does work and it works really really well mm-hmm. so so I, I designed that and uh and, and i my printer has been running 24 hours a day <laughs> seven days a week because as one is as soon as one comes off of the of the bed i reset it and i go again you know so that that's that's, that's awesome it. yeah that yeah, is so, awesome well thank you thank you I'm, I'm glad you like so i i've been very pleased with it please feel free to use my idea no no problem <laughs> I, I will do that now the surprise that the surprise ad that i have for you that i think you're going to that you're going to really like Clicking is now is it's something that i have it's work that i signed myself up for but i finally got the always up to date creality printer mod list up on the website for everybody to everybody to see that's why i was giggling that's why i just giggled because it says the always up to date yes you, you've set a bar yeah i, I have set a bar well, the great thing about that is that as uh, as new as new products present themselves, I'll either add to the list or I'll take something off and put something on, whatever it is. The main thing is I just wanted one place to go and to go and have all the mods listed and be able to go in and, and then people could be able uh, would be able to go and buy them so brent i did that you know i did that partially for you i did that partially for me and i did that partially for everybody else so at least at least it's there okay um and i will say the amazon links are i did go ahead and set up a, a broken token affiliate account and so the amazon links are affiliate so if anybody buys anything off of amazon using those links you are actually supporting the show because i think once it gets over 10 bucks then they'll send a check and i promise that anything that is used for that will be anything that is gained from that will be used for website hosting yep. ssl certificates domain name you know re uh you know re-registrations what it, you know just all of the plumbing that it takes to run the website and uh and just you know and, and to provide the show that that's what that will be used for but um the web store is next on the list. Uh, I, I've got this little pet project now behind me. I'm glad I got it done. Uh, I worked on that for, for it took it took a lot longer than I thought it was going <laughs> to take to do that. But uh, but I like the format. I like how it, how it turned out and uh, and everything's there. And you can find it, it. It's super easy to find if you go to the website. I actually put a 3D printing. Um, menu item up on the fr- up on the front page of the website, and uh, and it is on the front page of the website right now. But it will eventually age off. But uh, if you just click on the 3D printing menu, then you'll see the always up to date list will drop down, and you just click it, and and it's right there. So uh, as far as game work goes, uh, so there's that. So as far as game work goes, no, I haven't worked on my Zookeeper this week. I'm going to be working on uh, just the refreshing of my Miss Pack Cabaret for the expo. 
I have not had time to crack out my pocket just yet, my analog pocket, uh, because we were surprised by the new, by some news this past week of Nintendo announcing. And Brent, I don't know if, if either of these will map to you, but I, I just want to say it because I, I mean I've got a 3DS, Grace's got a 3DS, I really enjoy the 3DS. Let me just go and get it off my chest now, yeah. so that I go ahead and tick the uh, tick the box on our bingo card. I, I, I don't care. Okay, fair no. enough. Okay, well, if you know, yeah. no, I just had to say that. Yeah, no, fair, I'm, fair I'm sorry. No, it's all there, good. There's, there's all of ones of people out there laughing hysterically. Yeah, oh, at oh that. yes. So, okay, De- definitely. No. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. What, you, you, you softballed it up to me. I had. I, I, I did. I did. Okay, yeah, okay, that's true. I, I did. I did. But you know something? You know something, Brent? I'm actually going to use your line later in the show. Okay. okay? Because there's something we're coming that we're, that we'll talk about that I that I was just so anti-climatic over but, okay. but anyway so you, you've taught me well okay. uh, pad one or, or uh, yeah uh, no I'm not the, no if I've taught you if I've taught you if you've taught me I'm the pad yes. one yeah okay we got that straight uh, I see I just think in I think in units of Star Trek and Star Wars units are just kind of odd to me can but, we get this out of the anyway, way Trek yeah. is better oh there's no doubt about okay, it okay alright okay, fine yeah, it's, yeah. we said it okay yeah, let's move on we're good yeah we're good um Except for the Mandalorian, but see, but that's just really kind of trekking wars. But it's, yeah, it's a whole uh, different discussion. Yep. But uh, Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> to get it back. I got you so back. crossed yeah. up. Yeah, I don't even know where you are. Go ahead, okay. Nintendo. Okay. Nintendo announced this week that they have put the put the end dates on the online stores for the 3ds and the wii u and they are closing those shops down the e-shops down for those two platforms it's not going to happen until march uh march in may of 2023 but i'm sorry it's not i'm sorry it's not going to happen until March of 2023, but the closure from a payment perspective about what they'll accept for payments actually starts happening in May of this year. We have got a uh, we got a problem on our hands for all the 3DS and the Wii U folks and fans out there that uh, you've got a finite amount of time now until. Um, until you can't purchase anything on those shops anymore or download, you know, download add-ons or or download, um, you know, download patches and things like that. And it's just, it's just a bad, bad deal. I mean, I understand why they have to do it, but ultimately um, it's, it it was just met with a lot of criticism. And so (laughs) I've actually cracked out my 3DSs over the past week, let them update, and then making sure that if there's anything on those uh, stores that either Grace or I would want that we go ahead and get them before it's it's just gone forever and there are literally there there's there's literally over a thousand titles that are going to disappear in a year that are going to be gone for good is there a cartridge port on the 3ds uh, nope. well of some games but but there's, a lot of but these yeah, I, but a lot of these are like indie games or or uh e-shop exclusives that never had a physical release and nintendo's just going to pull the plug on them man so I, I wonder do you turn around in in our ecosystem and somebody just if they haven't already done it and they figure out how to pull the games off and then they just become and and nintendo is you know how nintendo is with their 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 roms and their ip does it become a hey i know a guy named steve at you know he's over in the corner at the expo hand him a flash drive i mean i is it turned to that? I guess. I mean, we can neither confirm nor deny okay. that something like that might happen. I, I mean, they 
they what was the little NES Mini? Uh-huh. I think they tried really hard to make that non-hackable, and they that, did that for thing, like forty-five seconds. Yeah, and that thing, you know, was, so. that thing was broken down like a shotgun. Yeah. You know, yeah. Now, what what will happen to the 3DS and the Wii U uh, devices from a hardware? You know, from from a hardware, you know, jailbreaking perspective or soft modding perspective, well, there's a lot. There's there's a lot of walkthroughs on how to do that already. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to cover any of that. Uh, I just say that if that's your jam, then search is your friend. But <laughs> but ultimately, uh, you know, ultimately, I'm looking at the titles that that are that are going to disappear that I I've not gotten because the 3DS hasn't been a priority or the Wii U hasn't been a priority for quite some time but with the release of this news uh it it definitely brings it into the forefront so we'll have a link in the show notes uh there's a very good article on nintendo life that that describes that describes the process and what's going to happen and when and they do a good job of breaking down the news but it's it's just it's a sad state of affairs essentially it's the same thing that happened to the wii and well, there uh, wasn't yeah i was about to ask was there that big of an online i know there was an online store for the wii because uh-huh. i remember yeah the e-shop was there too but it wasn't as a big of a deal as it was for the u and i guess the 3 d 3ds yeah, or I, am i wrong you I, know i i don't really know the the best answer to that question because the is as much as I loved the Wii, okay, as much as I loved it and still love it to this day, we had, sh- as a family, we had shelved it, okay, mm-hmm. and kind of moved on. And I let the closure of the Wii eShop pass me by. So I did not catch any of that info until after it was already done and gone. So I I wasn't part of the announcement timeline, and so I don't really have I I can't have a I, handle I can't, on it. I can't answer that. I don't have a handle on on just how big of a deal it was. I'm going to assume it was a big deal, okay? Because the Wii sold a lot. I mean, a lot. But well, at the time though, you were still heavy into. Physical, physical media, media. F- physical media. That's exactly right. And this, you know, here, the lesson here is, I guess, if there's well, and a lesson, and that's really, I think, what I'm trying to get to. But go ahead. Uh, that, and I hear this a lot from uh, Retro Gaming Roundup. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And Scott, particularly, he's a proponent of physical media. Well, because and, it won't yeah. go away. And you know something, I respect that. And and over time, I have I have really learned that lesson that physical media yes it's a costly endeavor but it's yours and at least and at least the plug can't be pulled on your own cartridges and (sighs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so frustrating but just uh your word to the wise to everybody who might be a 3ds or a wii u fan that the days are now numbered and uh yes it's a year but that'll go by fast but you don't really have a year because because essentially within the next uh let's say we're sitting in february by may you know so we've got three months or so until nintendo will not accept credit card payments to re- to replenish your eShop balance. And then later in the year, they're going to stop accepting um so it's ste- it's stepped. It's stepped. Yeah. So later in the year, I think in August, they're going to stop accepting like gift card mo- monies. 
to replenish your purchasing power inside the eShop. So yes, even though the eShop will still be up and running, if you don't put $100 in your eShop balance by May with a credit card or August using a uh, using a Nintendo gift card, then it's already closed You're on done. you. You're done because you can't add money to it at that point. So even though it'll still be running for a year, honestly, if you're, if you're using a credit card, you've only got three months and, and then it's it's game over. <laughs> it's a weird, weird situation. But, uh, but yeah. Well, I mean, it, to they can't let the servers run forever i, I get it i get it, it but they're, but they're I, in business for business yeah they are they, they gotta they, make money they are and you know something i have to apply that same logic because i have justified some of my own stances with stern based around that exact statement so i have to what's good for the goose is good for the gander and i have to say that's true they're a for-profit company i get it i understand but what they're not what they're not allowing the the community to do is preserve what they have paid for themselves in a digital format um, or have access to it in the future and so I, I think that Nintendo's stance on pre- preservation in this scenario is what's got the community riled up they, I think everybody is accepting of the fact that the servers can't stay online forever. It's just the it's just the sheer uh, lack of fan service that's being done to the to to the to the community around preservation. That that's what everybody's got their themselves up in arms about. So you know, it is what it is. As much as that statement, I uh, just have to is tough. I'm not advocating for any of this, but I just yeah. have to imagine that at some point there's going to be a way to sideload all mm-hmm. that stuff. I'm sure there will. And yep, I'm sure there will. If but it, the, if the, not already, I think that the, the where, where it gets gray is um, anything that's owned by Nintendo versus a third party. Nintendo will. Nintendo being Nintendo, they may have issue just with you sideloading hardware that they no longer support. That's exactly right. Or sell. That's exactly right. To, not even to get into a ROM or, or quote a ROM yeah. that might be a Nintendo property. Yeah, that, that's so. true. That's true. I mean, it's it's all very possible. All very possible. So anyway, that that's uh, that that's the state of that situation, and and time is now uh, not time is now nigh. Uh, and the last thing that I wanted to bring up, and I. I was so happy uh but finally finally after three years of work i finished my full activision patch collection well that's it the show, <laughs> show's, show's over, over. show's we're over we're, we're out done. We're last done. episode we're yeah. done <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know I, brent i came to this very late uh but once I started uh, rounding out my Activision game collection and uh, and I got on this quest to get a Commodore 64 so I could play the Activision titles on that platform and the 5200 and everything, I, I just dug back into it and I, I just really, 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 really wanted to round out an Activision patch collection and, uh, and I've got it. I'm done. Uh, I did have to resort to two reproduction patches and I will say reproduction loosely. One of them is truly only reproduction, and and that was done by a member of Atari Age uh, to help folks, you know, complete a collection for a patch that probably only three or four have ever been found in the wild in the past thirty some some odd years. 
And uh, the other patch that that I, I had to buy reproduction was one for Hero fifty two Atari fifty two hundreds version of Hero for a patch that was designed, but then Activision never released. Oh, okay. so my backup, I, I missed that. What was the one that was in super limited? Beam Rider. Beam Rider. Yeah, okay. be, yeah, Beam Rider for the 5200. Um, it was in super, super limited release, again, to the point to where less than 10 ha- has ever been known to even exist, okay? Um, and so, uh, a member what on Atari... What would you say if I said, open the door of the Tempest? <laughs> <laughs> I would say get out of town is what I would say. <laughs> but I'm going to open the door of the Yeah, tempest. you probably should. Cuz it just this just reminded me you needed to open the door of the tempest. <laughs> okay, I'm opening the door of the tempest. <laughs> I just I completely stole your thunder, but it just occurred to me that Okay, there is a box in here. I'm going to close the door. Of the when tempest. you said beam rider, it made yes. me think of this. Oh, okay, gotcha. Oh. Oh. A Flynn, Tron Flynn action. Where did this come from? It came from the the heart of the Tempest. That's where it came from. <laughs> it came from the coin box of the Tempest. Oh, that is that is. I'm awesome. sure ultimately it came from China. I'm not yeah, sure what you're asking. I'm, sh- I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Where, where, so, how old is this, and where was this purchased? Oh, it's recent production. Oh, oh is yeah. it? Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Wow. That is. That looks like a fully articulated tron action figure this one is is flynn and he's got the identity disc and everything dude that is cool that is really cool thank you you're welcome uh, that will go uh with the, with the tron and with my tron pinball so in my tron memorabilia in section, tron space in my tron space in my game room which i do have a tron space in my game room so uh i do i love me some tron man <laughs> i love me some tron so that's awesome man thank you oh you're thank so very you. welcome anyway and, your your activision patch I, so so yeah so that was the that was the situation with the Activision patches. I've got them all cataloged in a binder. I'm really really happy with that because I'm just such a mark for Activision. Um, How many of them is there? Uh, like uh, dude, uh, less uh, than twenty, more than twenty? Oh no, more than twenty. There's oh, okay. there's probably if I were to tally it all up, I'm going to say there's probably 35 to 38 of them somewhere around there. It's still not too bad. It's not too bad. And you know something? They're they're actually fairly attainable if you put your mind to it. Now, some of them... Uh, some of them I got on eBay. Some of them I would have to track down. Some of them I actually had to get uh, from... uh, Where was that gentleman located? Uh, He was in... Germany. I had to buy some of them international as well. Because, man, w- I mean, you're going after this stuff that is 35, 40 the, years old. The you person know? in Germany, did he have a stock of originals or did he just happen to have... Uh, he, he had some originals, okay? okay? Um, all the patches he had were originals. He just didn't have a whole lot of them. Okay, okay. But, but, uh, it's, I was yeah. thinking maybe he somewhere along the line bought a box and it turned out he had three cases of a dozen of the patches. No, 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 no. I no, I never found that. Um, I, every patch that I bought, I bought one. I, I would have to acquire one at a time. Okay. And, I, and I chased a lot of them down by sleuthing on Atari age. Okay. And where I was going, depending on how it would take, what kind of footprint to lay those out is the, like the shadow boxes we, we have here, at least in this part of the U S uh, uh-huh. uh, 
it's called Hobby Lobby. Yeah. And it's not really a hobby store. It's more of an interior decorating. Yeah, it's what it's of, turned into. Yeah. Yeah. But they have a huge area that's picture frames, frames. They do custom frames. And they have all kinds of shadow boxes. Yeah, and I was that's thinking, what I need to go get. Like, not necessarily poster size, maybe three-quarter poster size with, with shallow, yeah. just so you can... Yeah. 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 I would say three-quarters poster size would get it. Um and and I definitely want to display them, but you know, a couple of the patches were actually were actually fairly expensive because there's there are a handful that are very very rare and in very limited supply. But uh, but you know, I mean, it's just one of those things. You, you just put your mind to it. And you say, I'm, I'm going to get through it and and do it. And yeah, I, I'm just I'm just really happy that that I've I finally finally got that done. It took me three years to chase it all down though. But uh, but anyway, there's that uh, a finished Activision patch collection, and I'm I'm stoked. So in a nutshell, that's that's what I've been working on. I would say I spent the bulk of my time this month on. Hobby, the, the bulk of my hobby related time on the on the whole backspacer and the, you know and just the the shelf presentation and everything like that so anyway in in a nutshell that's uh that was my month man so whitney here for the next segment we've got i think i might have alluded to it here at the top of the show what we're going to do is we're going to sit down you and i are going to sit down with uh cory and joe from louisville arcade expo yep and we're going to talk about the show yeah so uh real quick for everybody it just to make sure it gets covered, Whitney and I are going to be at the show. We're going to have um, a space at the show. The plans are, as we've done in years past, we're going to stream. I know Whitney's already had an opportunity to talk to some people. It sounds like we got some pretty cool guests. Oh, we've for already us yeah, lined we've, up. we've already got right now three guests lined up for the stream for the streaming shows. Yeah. So you, it looks like uh, you know right now our current plan, and we'll have all this out on social media. You should have this episode right about a good solid two weeks before. It's the weekend of March, I believe it was eleventh, right, mm-hmm. Whitney? Yeah. So you know, Friday night, Saturday night, seven p.m. Eastern time, we're going to start streaming. And in the past, we've done MixLR. Mm-hmm. I don't see any reason we have got to check it out still, Whitney. But make sure it's not changed significantly. But we like <laughs> MixLR because yeah. it's. It just works. Yeah. The client is really nice. And on your side, on the listening end, it's just, you just go to the site. You yeah. just click it. You don't need a special client. You don't need a special anything. You can click and listen and, and you're in. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's good stuff. So we'll, we'll make sure that we get everything uh, squared away ahead of time. And then we'll put it on social media and give everybody more than ample notices to, uh, as to where to find the stream and, uh, you know, the dates and times and everything along those lines. So, all right. With that... Let's uh let's talk to uh let's talk to Corey and Joe. Well, Whitney, we have some very special and illustrious guests back with us here in the Broken Token Studio. I would even go so far as to say esteemed. Esteemed. Yes. That's mm, that's yeah. that's a stretch. Gentlemen, okay. thank you so much. Yeah. Yes, thank you. So we have Corey and Joe from Louisville Arcade Expo. Welcome back, gentlemen. Nice to see you again. It's likewise, been a while. likewise. Thank you very much. I am looking forward to this year's show, and um, I know you all have got some information to share with us, and maybe uh, talk a little bit about the highlights and what people can expect. So, real quick, I mean, for folks that haven't been, it's a weekend of of gaming, open floor. We can talk about admission and all that fun stuff, but once you're in the show. 
all keep me honest here all access to our, the available arcade games pinball machines home computer console the spread of 80s 90s and i guess early 2000s gaming craziness is that a fair is that a fair statement very fair and you're absolutely right no quarters needed everything's on free play so once you're in jump on a machine and have a great time and in addition to that it's it's not your show isn't your typical gaming show i mean because i mean this is that's great i mean and a lot of shows do that and a lot of shows do that well you all run the extra mile you're gonna have a big vendor section this year right we added a lot of vendors uh, over previous years uh some that people have seen year after year and really enjoy coming back and some new vendors that they've never seen before all types of products we sell people have anime people have plush people have classic game cartridges and and cds and then on top of that arcade and all sorts of products artists do have artists as well i don't know if you mentioned that yeah some handmade products both wall art uh, wearable art, clothing, uh, you name it. Anything gaming related is is going to be there. Sometimes you'll find a cool artist there too that'll do like a commission piece for you mm-hmm. while you're there and yep. they'll make something amazing like Scrooge McDuck playing a pinball machine. <laughs> 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 suddenly, suddenly, Whitney, I kind of want that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I could see a space for it right there over your head, yeah. actually. Oh, I yeah. There's, there's plenty of space right there on that wall. So it'd be good. Talk a little bit about the layout that you're going to have this year. I know you're going to have the gaming floor. It sounds like uh, we talked a little before the show. You're going to have a stage, and then on that stage, you're going to have through the weekend. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of great events, which which we normally do. Each day has a, has a schedule of events you can check out online on our website. But one of the main things we do and we like to do is we have costume contests, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of cosplayers who come and help us with that. But the costume contest, we have a kid's one on Saturday, and we also have an adult one that same day. And kids 14 and under can participate in that. Uh, the kids' costume contest, it's a whole lot of fun. And then, you know, adults, of course, can participate. Last few years, we've had some amazing costumes. We had a guy dressed up as Soundwave from Transformers. He was about 12 feet tall or something like that. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. There, yes. There's a picture of Max Miners who uh, helps us out a ton. He's our MC, and he was dressed as Link. And he was emceeing that event, and he is on the stage. The stage is probably three feet off the ground or whatever. Soundwave was taller on, you know, he's, of course, on the floor. On the floor, yeah. He's taller than Max Miner's on the stage. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's how huge and wow. amazing this was. But yeah. part of that, too, is on Friday night, Malicious Cosplay, she's an awesome cosplayer who's who's come to our show at least 10 years. She's just been a, a huge friend of, of Lax. She'll be doing a talk. She'll be doing her own panel there called cosplaying with confidence Mm -hmm. and she was telling me you know like this is really important to her and she's seen a a huge increase of folks who want to get more involved with cosplay and kind of want to do their own thing they don't necessarily have enough you know they can't go somewhere and spend five hundred dollars on some crazy awesome costume so she's going to help give them some advice and figure that out yeah yeah. that sounds really cool in that i've seen some of the the cosplay stuff that is just outrageous kind of like you mentioned Soundwave, and even in the things that I do in the circles I run in, people always, well, how do you get started? You always get the ask. And once you've kind of ran around and been in a pinball machine 800 times, or you've been in a video game a thousand times, and you kind of get the lay of the land, it seems like nothing. But getting started is is a is a big thing. And that that's, it sounds like it's going to be an awesome presentation. Oh, yeah. She's going to do a great job. She, she has done several panels for us before, and she is so good at helping people just, just like you said. What are the first steps? Yeah, that, that sounds that sounds great because I, I know even just from speaking, I'm speaking from personal experience. My daughter loves to cosplay, 
and she and of course her dad does not and so i have tried right to right on yeah i've I met have, her dad guys and yeah. he's kind of a stick in the mud yeah yeah it's yeah. a fuddy-duddy i guess if and i'm going to stick with that word as well <laughs> case in point but you know she's put her she's put her own costumes together and she she'll she'll ask me for input I don't feel like I really have the eye to to give her the the critique that she's really looking for, and I think that uh, let's say a, a discussion or a talk or a presentation like that will probably help a lot of people out because she's done so much of it just from online research and everything, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. having that back and forth, I think what would be really helpful. That's cool. I'm excited for that for her for everybody else as well. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. And for those who can't see, Brent is currently cosplaying as a member of White Snake. <laughs> And he looks, he looks phenomenal. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. He's in it to win it. There's no doubt. Oddly, He's got the flow. I yes. do. I do. Yeah. Thank you. He's got the flow. Oddly enough, Joe, the the change in my hairstyle has been noted on the show. And in, in a pre, and I'm not. I felt I don't want to go here because I feel like I'm talking about your show. I don't want to talk about somebody else's show. Let's just say I was in a in a venue here recently, and people that have known me for many many years did not recognize me staring face to face with me. So, oh wow, yeah, I'm um I'm on the run. I'm on the lamb, dude. I'm could, loving it. You could be on a, on a perk commercial. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is I came to the studio today and I saw you and I'm just speechless. Yeah. Speechless. I, I, we're yeah. trying to figure out a way to get like a, a slight breeze across our booth at the show so yeah. that my hair will kind of just, you know, it, wave it, has, in the it wind. has permanent movement. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yes. I, yes. But, it, but it doesn't come into the mics. You let us point. know how we can help with that. Okay, I will. I will. <laughs> you, we'll make that a priority for the show. But yeah, some of the other events. Um, we, we also like to get as many guest speakers as we can who are in the arcade, pinball, console, computer world. And this year, this Saturday, uh, March 12th, we'll be having Richard DeVizio, who is an amazing Mortal Kombat actor, who is, who is the only Mortal Kombat actor, the motion capture actor, who has been in all four of the original Mortal Kombats. So he was Kano in Mortal Kombat 1. Mm-hmm. He was Baraka in Mortal Kombat 2. He was Cabal in Mortal Kombat 3. And he was Quan Chi, who, in my opinion, is one of the best villains in Mortal Kombat. And and he was not only was he Quan Chi for the motion capture in the game, but he was Quan Chi in the cutscenes. So he'll he'll be there Saturday, and he'll be doing autographs. He'll be doing a talk as well at five o'clock. See, I was going to ask if he was going to do a presentation. So I'm assuming that it's his career in, in- yeah, and kind of a Q and A because there's a lot of interesting things. And he's he's talked about this in other sh- at other shows before, and you see it sometimes on YouTube, but. Him and Daniel Piscina, Ed Boon, Tobias, all those guys, when they mm-hmm. were creating Mortal Kombat, it was kind of a ground up, you know, let's figure this out together. Yeah. And so a lot of the most iconic terms and, you know, get over here and all yeah. that type of stuff. The, the, the movements and, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, and they all came yeah. about that together, actually. Yeah. So there's not one per- single person who made that magic. It's cool that they all came together to produce something so unique and fun. Yeah. And that it's lasted this long. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, and it's great that some of the folks are still around and their, you know, their health is good and they're able to get out and they're able to do these talks and, and 
share that with with everybody's and i'm yeah. telling you too kano for those who don't know was a fantastic character to play as his finishing move was ripping the heart out of the person okay and right. i bet you if you talk to him nicely and i'm sure if you throw some cash down <laughs> he will absolutely you know yeah do like a cameo video of him ripping your heart out it's gonna be great he's gonna dress up too whitney, to, are you, to oh, take you back to the, the cosplay yeah he's, he's gonna dress awesome. up as kano whitney are you up to be indiana jones are you ready I, we, we, can do, we can do it I, i'll bring a bottle i'll bring a you know like a bottle of fake blood and everything like that so we can yeah we can go full circle with between it. that and the hair i think we y'all's booth is gonna be great <laughs> oh it's gonna be oh yeah it's, it's gonna be the place to be it's it's pretty exciting to be able to get some of these actors and they're still involved uh and appreciate all the fans this yeah many, this many years later exactly and when you see them in person people are really excited what, yeah what i've always found interesting talking to folks that did something years ago in our space and then have come back into it is how did you realize that this was a thing that people still cared? And then what was your thought process when you realized that you're going to love his talk? He, he's going to talk about, that. Oh, is he, he's going to talk okay, about good. that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's good. And it's really, really cool. I think he said it was about 10, 11 or so ish years ago when these shows first started getting really popular again, mm -hmm. that him and some of those other actors realized that, they were kind of a big deal. Yeah. So it's cool. It's, but it's a <laughs> lot more, awesome. yeah. it's a lot more uh, heartfelt than yes. what I just said. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The way they came to that realization. Yeah. They all got together and went, wait a second, what? People people still like us. Yeah, really we, cool. we should revisit this. Yeah, 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 yeah. which so, is good. Whitney it, and I have had that realization speaking with some developers of like classic games, arcade games. And a lot of the pinball people, they've stayed in the industry or they've came back and they, they've had a... a, a, a finger on the pulse of the industry mm -hmm. the video people they might have done something and left did worked in it for two or three years in the heyday and left and then they get found and, and invited to a show and they're just yeah it's an, it's an amazing thing yeah so. the, yeah it's really cool yeah the folks from bally and and williams and and you know, namco and stuff like that they're they're atari they're harder to find i mean they're they're still out there but they get harder to find as time goes on yeah. no doubt yeah you're right the pinball people they're they seem to be a lot more uh available yeah available and within arm's reach at least right now anyway bring your mortal Kombat swag out for him to sign fair enough yeah so yeah, it's awesome. These discussions, the the panel discussions, or the cosplay uh, contest. This this is going to be on the main stage in the main. I want to say ballroom. Main yeah, ballroom. the main ballroom. Yep. yep, that's exactly right. And that's where all the events will be. There. There's a guy who's a champion speedrunner on arcade games. His name's L Rock. Super good at everything. He did Turtles, the original arcade Turtles in mm -hmm. 2020. Crushed it. He was showing us secrets about going through walls and which shredder to attack when he splits in four at the end of the game. If you've thrown some quarters in a TMNT, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. you mean oh, yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I thought you meant the William. Was it Williams did a Turtles? I thought you meant. I oh, was God. Like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So okay, he's yeah. going to do either X-Men. I was genuinely confused, Joe. That wasn't a joke. It's all good. I no, genuinely no, it's all confused. Good. Okay. I mumble a lot, too. So tell me to speak up. I, you won't well, offend me. It's a generational difference, Joe. <laughs> Gener oh my God. You're like a year older than me. Um, so uh, he'll be either be doing X-Men, the arcade, and uh -huh. showing some tips and tricks. He can beat these in like 15 minutes. Really? Wow. And or Simpsons arcade. Like one credit type. Beat. One credit. One yep. credit. He will one credit beat them. And it will That's be rare insane. if he dies. It, it, it would be, usually he rarely gets hit. That's how good he is. It's, wow. It's pretty exciting to watch in person. So is he going to be doing any panel discussion or anything like that? He'll talk about it while he's doing it. So if you while get a chance, come. doing it. So oh. he'll explain wh what he's doing, why he's doing it, and, yeah. and sometimes like how it tricks out the logic. 
Yeah. Like, because I overflowed the number of enemies and sprites, I can go through this building and skip like half this stage. Well, it's amazing yeah. what he does. It's yeah. so cool. I would, I would love to have a, I'd love to just, you know, bear witness to a sit down with him though. And we'll, just, and just have we'll him introduce talk. you all. Cool. Yeah. That, that'd be he cool. does a and ton just, of games, but he's really good at arcade games. Yeah. And there is one arcade game though, that if you've been watching his Twitch, he's getting better at it, but Battletoads, a legendary <laughs> title of yes, difficult. Of difficulty. Yes. He, he, no doubt. I was like, dude, can you do Battletoads? Ah, I don't know if I can one, you know, do it without dying. I'm like, well. <laughs> <laughs> Just, but he's really cool. He's really fun good to watch. Dude. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's impressive. I, I'll be excited to uh, be excited to check that out because I'm just insanely curious about how he approaches that. It's like, okay, I'm going to get up, you know, on Monday next Monday, and I'm going to start to speed run Battle Toads, and then it would be great to just understand what is his thought process. How does he approach the game? You know, how does he look for exploits? Just all, you know, just all that kind of stuff. You're so, going to enjoy talking. Yeah, about him. He's, yeah, he's a really great. cool dude. Yeah, that, that's cool. And so. The, and then another okay. event. Sorry. I, oh, no, I I, that's not, where I was going to go. I was not boring you here. No, 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 no. Um, our friend James Key, super cool dude. He does a retro pub trivia, and he's been doing that for the last few years, and that'll be on the main stage as well. So get your teams ready. He comes up with the most random <laughs> uh, off the wall, but he, do, he doesn't just ask questions. A lot of them will be sound-based or video-based. Huh. He he really thinks deeply about this type of stuff, and he'll put together a fantastic retro pub trivia, and that's Friday night. Okay, so I'm sure all of the the schedules on on your all's website. Yes, sir. Uh, Littlearcade.com, yeah. and you all are fantastic about signage. So when people enter the venue, I, do you plan to have it? I guess right there on the wall to the left where registration digital. is. Digital. We do digital signs, so everything's on the oh, is on it? screens. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we do analog and digital. So. Well, this tells you how I pay attention. You know, I've seen it once, and that's the way it always is. Yeah, yeah. We're we're of that age. I still take and notes, that's how, and that's how it goes. I, I, I still take notes. I've been in IT all my life, Corey. I still take notes on a note. You can take a, a screenshot of the of the screen. Like that <laughs> work well. My my flip phone doesn't take good pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Corey nice. can't help you there. <laughs> how how about any uh, how about any. I guess like big big draws across you know, the arcade, the pinball side well, of the we're house. We're going to be there, Whitney. What do you expect? I mean, well, what else do you need? Well, I put us off to the side, you know, <laughs> just just because I, just because I'm looking for the folks that that you know they may have their families with them, and, and or they may just be coming by themselves, and they say, okay, what's you know what what would be the what would be the I guess the the big gotcha moments you know across either one of those. So there's one new thing that we're doing that we think people are really going to enjoy. Okay. In late 2020, on Nintendo Switch, they released what's called Mario Kart Live. I don't know if you've heard about this or not. Mario Kart? I'm Mar- not that out of touch, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> you never heard of Mario Kart? Oh, my God. No. Yeah, so Mario Kart Live uh-huh. is an RC car that's a Mario Mario Kart or a Luigi Kart. And yeah. it's, it is a real radio-controlled car. Tell me more. And there's a camera on it, okay? And so that camera, whatever it sees, it feeds that footage back into your Switch, so you have then you can create a real course in an area like in your house you would have your dog hanging out running around trying to catch these cars uh-huh. and then it uses AR augmented reality to put you know the Koopa kids and question blocks and coins and environmental elements like lightning tornadoes rain 
you know, really, lava. yeah, it's really, How? really cool. So we're gonna set up a room. It's gonna be the Mario Kart live room. That is, that's gonna be, it's gonna be really, gonna be really, really, really cool. Yes, I, I, that'll be a great draw for for the kids. It'll be fun to play. About yeah. this, Whitney, you, you're holding out on me, Whitney. Uh, sorry, man, because he, he knows my affinity for RC cars, all RC. Well, Surface okay, RC. hold on. This is these are pretty small. This it doesn't it doesn't matter, Joe. I they're mean, really cool. <laughs> seriously, it's a good time. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that sounds like that would be tons of fun. Just just to watch, oh, if yeah. nothing else. Yeah, it'll be just fun to for watch. players and yes. fun for spectators. Yeah, that's that that will be a great draw. Great you, draw. You'll see what's what your cart sees, and then if you look down, you'll see your cart. Yeah, like a real cart on yes, the floor. A real cart. Right. I should have brought you one. Oh, that's cool. That is really and cool. And it, it yeah. would see your hair right now if it was at my vantage point. <laughs> it, it, it would be in awe. It would be very excited. Probably a speed boost. <laughs> no, that that will be that will that will be pretty sweet. I will say that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it will. I'll let Corey speak to this, but I'm pretty certain there's going to be a lot of the newer Stern pinball machines. Okay. So we're going to have two major vendors bringing over 20 brand new Stern pinball machines, including Mandalorian, Godzilla, and Rush. Yeah. All interconnected with the new Stern Insider Connect. So you'll be able to play, sign in on your phone, keep track of your stats and your achievements, all with brand new pros and premium games Okay. on the vendor floor. Yeah. And you said 20, you said how many? 25? Over, over 20. Over 20. Over okay. 20. Yeah. That's that's sizable. And thanks, thanks for bringing those extra five. I heard you, yeah. I heard you throw that 25 <laughs> sure, in there. Sure, sure enough. Yeah, sure enough. I'll, I'll load them in the back of my Jeep and appreciate that. Appreciate roll them that, right man. on. Well, yeah. And let me tie that in with a, with a point. If you're bringing a game to the show... I mean, first of all, let me ask: Is it this? Is how's that handled? I know that's been done in prior years. Sure. If you're interested in bringing an arcade or pinball machine to the show, just reach out to us on our website, mm-hmm. and we'll get you signed up. Every game that comes to the show gets a free admission for the weekend, and your machine just has to stay there all weekend on free play. Okay. And, and I know you all ask to go out to your old website, LouisvilleArcade.com, and register it just so that you all have an idea sure, of, we, of what's coming yeah if you pre-register then we know that you're you're coming you can be uh, given instructions on how to what what days to bring what times and how to do setup in advance it, it, it helps us with layout yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and where i mentioned that is as you said would you had you put it up to 20 or at least 20 oh you talk about the sterns coming because i know all things are always subject to change yeah, but, th- things do change, but these these stern machines, I just don't know exactly how many, but it's at least twenty, yeah. and it, uh, they're definitely going to be there. In, oh wow! In, in terms of people bringing games, it's still it's a good idea for you all to have an idea what's going to be there. Sure, we need you to yeah. pre-register if you so if, if you, you can, can please, yeah. or at Absolutely. least reach out to us so that we know that you're coming. Are the stern games? Are they going to be set up just within the normal free play area? Correct. Or are they, they going to be over by the the distributors that are bringing them? Or they're in the middle. Of they're the in the room. middle. Okay. Uh, similar to some of the setups that we've had in the past. Are, okay. Are going to have. They're clearly going to be in an area that's brand new. Okay. First. Sure. Okay. And yep. with a lot of signage. A lot of signage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. You can't miss it. Yep. So from a console and home computer perspective, and, and I don't, I don't want to, I, I don't want to frame it as. Uh, is there anything different there? Because it's always phenomenal. We change it, we change it up every year. We yeah. try to bring uh, and, well, yeah. and we allocate different stuff. Uh, some things are fan favorites, like the the land party room. People really enjoy that. We change the games up. We play stuff that people have enjoyed in the past, and then we usually add one or two. So we like to leave those things as a mystery so that people can't practice. <laughs> oh, oh, there we go. I see. Okay, okay. One thing we're doing this year: our overall theme in past pre in past expos, we've stuck with Mario and and Luigi. 
and sort of the Nintendo ecosystem. And this year we wanted to pay a little bit more uh, attention to the importance that the Sega Genesis and Sonic had on gaming, especially in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh We're really pushing as Sonic to be the mascot this year. Sonic and Luigi as together emerged, but but Luigi as as Tails. So you'll see when you see our artwork um, on your your badges and on on the website. If you've ever played, you know, any of the modern Mario's, when Luigi gets the leaf or the Tanuki suit, yeah. he gets a similar outfit to Tails. So yeah. we were, thought it was logical that Sonic and Luigi are teaming up. Like, come on, Mario. Yeah, they're so. buddies. <laughs> yeah, they hang out. You know, after after the game's over, they just hang out. Absolutely. Yeah. Go to the bar. Yeah. Talk smack oh, about Mario. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. And oh, just, yes. just as influential as the NES was, the Genesis was, in a lot of ways, was more so because of the big paradigm shift that it added and the amount of processing power and all the titles that were available on the Genesis. Yeah. So we really wanted to pay uh, appreciation towards Genesis. And if you've noticed, our theming on our website and on Facebook has been sort of Genesis style. And that's kind of what we're going after this year. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that cool, metallic, industrial, late 80s, early 90s, Sega box art style. Cool. So, gentlemen, I know we've talked about you know the the pinball and arcade games the classic consoles the classic home computers we've touched on vendors i know there's going to be a lot of music the speed runs we've talked about the cosplay the mario room sounds phenomenal mario kart live the mario kart, kart live. live i i am definitely you're gonna love it i i'm afraid that i'm gonna love it that's that's <laughs> what bothers me so I mean, is there anything? We've got to be leaving something out. So uh, we do have a musical act that's that's coming on Saturday night, which we've never had before, and we're kind of changing things up this year. He goes by 8-Bit Zero. Uh, he's a one-man band that he uses Game Boy synthesis and rhythm as his backup, singing the blues. And in, it's very hard to describe, but it is extremely unique and really enjoyable to listen to. Well, I'm definitely going to check that out because eight bit zero. This may okay. this may surprise you all, but I'm I'm kind of a blues fan. You know, it's I I do enjoy some blues music and, for sure, and that's included with your ticket. Obviously, you can be there all day on Saturday for one price. Mm-hmm. So every that's a good point, Corey. Everything we're describing here is included in the ticket. There, that's right. Yeah, every game, as Joe said, is uh, is is no quarters required. Every console game is obviously free play, and all the events are are under one price. Yeah, that's awesome. So, as in prior years, is it going to run mostly Friday afternoon and all day Saturday, and then half a day on Sunday? The, the hours, that... yeah, the hours are the same okay. as we've done in past years. That's all right. Friday two to midnight, mm-hmm. Saturday ten to midnight, and Sunday ten to four. And uh, remember that on Sunday, there is daylight savings time. So you lose an hour that day. Oh, I see. Okay. But we still open at 10. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So you can buy tickets on our website on louisvillearcade.com and buy them in advance. You can do cashless pay and have your tickets before you walk in the door. Or we obviously sell tickets at the door as well. By the time this show hits, uh, Louisville Arcade Expo is going to be March 11th through the 13th. So when this recording is out, you should have a solid, if you haven't locked in, you should have a solid two weeks to make plans and get here. That's plenty of time to do it. And of course, Whitney and I will probably talk about this in other spots in the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whitney and I, unless they change their mind, which I wouldn't blame them, Whitney, and and don't (laughs) give us the space. (laughs) We don't give space. Uh, We we plan to be there, you know, and we're going to be live streaming Friday and Saturday night 
plan plan to that's that's on the books for us Whitney mm-hmm. to give you, you know you guys are definitely going to be there okay be right. there. I'm, I keep you, giving you an out because no, I'm you, not going to you guys will definitely be there <laughs> so you know we'll live stream Friday and Saturday night from the floor yeah. you know do as we always do uh, talk about what's going on and just anything that's on our mind with people that walk by or any of the special guests or if we can get Joe or Corey there too we'll burn their time up Anything else, gentlemen, we, we want, need to touch on? Yeah, we did want to mention that uh, in past years we've done a raffle on both Friday and Saturday night. This year, however, we're changing it to just Saturday, and the prize is just a single prize for a single ticket, but we're, we are going to raffle off a pinbot pinball machine. And uh, large the, and in charge. That's a step up. <laughs> yes, that uh, is. St- you are stepping up. When we've yes. done games in the past, they've always been extremely popular. We really wanted to do a iconic 80s pinball that everybody loves. It'll fit in anybody's living room or dining room or <laughs> bedroom. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bathroom. Yeah, no we're, worries. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we're very excited to have that as a as a prize. This that, year. That's uh, that's that's strong. So, so again, that's to be given away on, on Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, and, it, and all the details of that will be on our website. And m- must be present to win. Must be present to win. Okay. Yes. All right. Fair yes. enough. It's a big prize. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yes, I mean, that's is. coming out strong. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Thank you for mentioning that. I had that in my notes and glossed right over it. Appreciate that, guys. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. All right. Well, I am looking forward to the show. And uh, As am I. We're, we're very excited <sighs> to, to be here for 2022. Looking forward to the 11th pinball Louisville Arcade Expo. <laughs> I'm looking at pinball machines. Yeah. Yeah. Pinball in my head. It's hard to believe 11. Uh, Isn't 11. that crazy? It, Isn't it that is crazy? crazy. Yes, it is. Because it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't at all. At all. And we feel like it's gotten, keeps getting better and better. Every year is slightly different, but uh, still brings back the old classics that everybody enjoys. Well, it, and it's one of those scenarios where I, I know the run-up and the preparation is, all, it's a lot of hard work, but then when Friday rolls around and then the lights go down and then you walk through the, you, you walk through the main room and you just kind of take in the, you know, the environment and the sounds and everything, it's like, oh yeah, it's back. It, it was, it's worth it. Yeah. We're, we're here. Like being in the arcades in the it, 80s again. That's exactly right. Yes. Yep, it is. Well, gentlemen, we appreciate you stopping by. I don't appreciate it because once the show's over, I'm going to have to start researching what Mario Kart Live is going to cost me. We'll, we'll make sure you're set up <sighs> on Mario Kart Live. We'll take care of you. I, I we like, got you. I feel like I'm stuck on this, Whitney. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing you, is you, know you got to get a Switch. You do have to get a Switch. I know. You got to get a that's, Switch. That's, that's, I know. I yeah. know. That's. I mean, I see it going. At the very least, we can loan yards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we just figured out where we're storing the Mario exactly. Kart Live Exactly. There we go. <laughs> Mario Kart Live. Here at the studio. <laughs> it's a win-win. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, two weeks to practice. You'll be doing good. Well, gentlemen, seriously, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you for spending time with us. I know, especially this close to showtime, you all are running like mad trying to get stuff set up. And and at Whitney, I'm, I'm going to speak for both of us and say we really appreciate it because I, I know it's you could be doing a lot tonight for the show and appreciate you spending a, a little time with us. We, we appreciate everything you guys have done for us as well. I, I like to say we're all in this together. And uh, so to make a good show, it takes everybody. We really appreciate all that support and yeah. everybody coming to the show. It is a great feeling walking through and seeing all the smiles on people's faces. Oh, yes. Enjoying themselves playing the stuff that both is new and is nostalgic. Yeah. And, and that's what makes it all worthwhile for us. It really is. I, I, I know that, at least for me, at the end of every expo, 
I am always amped up to get home and work on some games and, and fix fix it. Okay, I've got three in my queue. It's like, okay, I'm going to prioritize. I'm going to work on this one and, and work through it. I don't know. It, it just it kind of charges the batteries a bit. I mean, I know that we all go home tired and exhausted, but still amped up from the retro. There, there's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Yeah. And you guys have supported us for years, too. And seriously, it, it means a lot. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Oh, We're thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, happy to do it. Happy to do it. Well, guys, thank you all for taking the time tonight. We, we certainly appreciate it. And we'll see you soon. Yep. All righty. Thank you. So, Brent, here towards the, uh, the closing of the show, I've got just a little bit of uh, feedback from Yo Mailbag that we can, uh, that we'll work through here. And there's a few points of discussion on this and uh we've even had one hot take at the end of the feedback that, that we'll that we'll read through <laughs> okay and then just a, a couple points of news and then uh then we can we can call episode 104 uh done and dusted as they would say but uh what's nice is the feedback uh is in relation to some some topics that we have uh covered on prior shows and the first one that we've got is from uh, Mr. Greg uh, Stefancic, and Greg writes in, and this is in regards to the Retro Chip Tester Pro, okay, the the RCT, uh, the RCT Pro, and Steph, I'm sorry, and Greg is the gentleman who assembles them and sells them uh, completely done, turnkey, ready to go, that we mentioned on the last episode. Mm-hmm. So he wrote in uh, via the via the website, did the contact form, and he said, uh, "Hey guys." Uh, Stefan, uh, of course, the gentleman who designed the the RCT Pro, he said, Stefan pointed me to your podcast. Thanks for the shout out uh, for my labor of love building the RCT Pro. I have more than 10 boards showing up from Germany today and plans uh, and plan. I'm sorry. I have more than 10 boards showing up for Germany today and parts to build out those boards and then some more. He says, there really isn't any upside for me in selling kits, and he's got quotes around that, as I, as I worry I might accidentally short folks a part or something. So did we talk about, I, I, I'm trying to remember back. Yeah. And uh, we talked about the folly of parts earlier. Now yeah. this is the folly of podcasting, yeah. which is when I listen to other podcasters say, I don't remember talking about, or did I talk about this on a show? I know they did. Yes. But they don't remember. And that yeah. happened, the inverse happens to us. Yeah. Did we talk about kits? Because I well felt that I would have said, hey, if I, I'm almost just like, it's worth my time. Yeah. yeah to we, buy it complete. We, we did. And, and Stefan provides a bill of materials. He provides a bomb okay. for you to for you to order them yourself. But uh, Stefan, the gentleman who builds them, I think you and I were talking on the last show about who how makes wh- them. Yeah, yeah. Who makes the, them? Yeah, it's his. It's his. His. Uh, it's invention. his design. His it's design. His, it's yes, his design. You, yeah, you. but we were talking on the last show with Greg being the gentleman who builds who builds them and sells them turnkey. Right. If he would, if if either Stefan or Greg would do a kit for you to just buy the kit and then assemble on okay. your own. That's yeah. right. Okay. 
And so, and so Greg is saying there really isn't any upside for him selling a kid. Is he says I might worry? Is I worry I might accidentally short folks a part or something? Given that this isn't a full time job for me, I want to make sure that folks are happy and not get a bad reputation somehow. I can totally understand. I can that, totally right? understand yep. that because nothing induces stress more than you get you buy something and it's missing two of the parts. You know, from the sense of. <laughs> hey, you're assembling the the Retrochip Tester Pro, and then you're minus two very important pieces, and it's like, where am I going to get those I've, now? <laughs> I've listened. In, I've listened to shows where people have talked about doing something similar to this, uh-huh. especially in the electronic space. Yeah, and they talk about hobby level kit building. Yes, and just just the methodology that people have to assemble kits to try to yeah. avoid mis- yes I, it, Greg, it's such, I totally get it it is such a time sink it's unbelievable totally get it. yes i totally get it so greg greg's uh greg's a wise man because he's not he's not biting off more than he can chew and i and i respect that um and he says for what it's worth Getting the full bomb in stock is a bit challenging right now due to supply chain shortages. I had to buy some parts in quantity of 100 or more from, uh, what is this, TTI, Mauser's, uh, yeah, TTI, Mauser's parent company, uh, in order to obtain, uh, in order to obtain any, but only two are used per board built. <laughs> he says, I don't source anything from eBay or AliExpress due to quality concerns. Again, smart man, yep. except for the displays and plastic standoffs, Greg. So Greg, thanks for taking the time to write in to provide some clarity. Um, and, and I did respond to him and I, I did not get it in email in time to include in this show, but I've seen where he has responded to some questions that I asked him, and I will include those in next month's show, okay? Because I just, again, I just did not have the time to, uh, you know, to compile the, the follow-on and, and to get it in. And, and plus, by the time it came in, we, we'd already actually already started recording. So so there's that. So more to come on the Retrochip Tester Pro, for sure. So, so it's we, great, great that we got a dialogue going with with Stefan and with Greg and uh in you know I, I mean I would definitely love to get one of these I was gonna point. say do, do, do you know where Greg sells the completed uh, did we cover that yeah he he lists them on eBay when he has oh, them okay, done okay. and ready to go uh but you can also contact him on Clob as well okay if, if you want to get one Okay, so next piece of feedback comes from a friend of the show and listener, Joe Zinkus. We hadn't heard from Joe in a while. Hadn't heard from Joe in a while, so so we've got some feedback here from Joe. Um, and Joe usually emails us uh, after every episode, and there's a, there's a dialogue that goes on there. Joe's very 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 intelligent individual, and and he he's got a lot of good experience and, and a lot of good input. I, I love his first uh, phrase here, which is actually my feeling for the MCU. Go ahead, Whitney. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joe says in regards to 3D printers, he said I jumped ship on any cubic <laughs> earlier this year. He says, I bought them because Spooky Pinball has a huge farm of them. He goes, it wasn't a terrible machine once I modded it, but one thing I couldn't stand uh, was not only did it not uh, did it not only did it not have a lot of tweaking in the menus, but the touchscreen response was terrible. So I switched to all Ender fives. Now, now I I thought Spooky. And of course, I, I'm not questioning joe obviously you know, well, he, I, I mean, I, he, he obviously knows i thought they used what was the printer that was the high-end kind of prosumer printer? The, the prusa 
No, not Prusa. Um, from a couple years ago, it, it was completely oh the MakerBot, the MakerBot. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I had it in my mind for whatever reason. Uh, that's probably a better way to to have stated that earlier. I had it in my mind that they were they they did MakerBot. Okay, got but it. But anyway, it. so that's just interesting. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So so he's saying yeah. So they were using uh they were using AnyCubic, and apparently he he had he had them. He tried them, did not like them. And uh, and switched over to the Creality Ender Fives. He says, uh, speaking of the Ender Five, he says it's a much better machine than the Ender Three because the bed only moves in the Z direction, which that is true. If you look at the Ender Five, it's a cube-shaped printer. It's not Core XY. It's still it's still quote unquote what they call a bed slinger, but but it only has to move in one direction uh, instead of uh, instead of uh, three as the Ender Three does. But he says, therefore, the print is barely moving, uh, whereas all movement is on the carriage itself. After creating a custom cooling solution for the printer, I get very good prints at decent speeds, and they have been fairly reliable. He goes, I have been very anti-Prusa for a long time as well. He goes, I bought one about four years ago and sold it after a bad failure. And I haven't bought one since because because of its poor leveling process and the fact the hot end is buried under plastic. However... That being said, I am on the pre-order list for the new uh, Prusa XL, not only because of all the awesome features, including swappable heads, load cell to auto-level the bed, and the Core XY drive, but because they unburied the extruder, and he includes a YouTube link hmm. to go and look at the Prusa XL. I watched... Now, the the, the link is... Uh, the, the link's not... It's not a very long watch. I watched it, and it's definitely an impressive-looking machine. Still don't know that it would be for me, but still an impressive looking machine. Um, I'm thinking that the next printer that I buy is going to be full on Core XY, but that's a whole different discussion later on, you know, later on down the line. And then he wraps this up and he says, uh, he says with a with a note to uh, Stern uh, to you know recent issue with Rush Pinball. He says he goes. I know your shows are always a little behind the time by by the time it posts, but see the issue with uh, with Scoopware on Rush on Rush Pinball, and so he includes a link to uh, to the 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 form link on on pin side. And I'll, I'll scoop, that he there. actually says Scoop breakage yeah i don't think the scoop breaks what i it's the it's the protector it's this it's the playfield protector in the scoop it, it that is getting ball. that is getting warped and hangs the ball you know correct? why i know because you've probably seen it happen uh i know of two machines that it happened on and they weren't used for a week okay <laughs> Well, the, so. the thing the thing is is um, yep. is that Stern's aware of the issue, and they're they're actually they're supposedly actually going to provide a factory fix, the, a retrofit for that particular issue. So there, so there's that. So so it, I I feel bad for saying this. I don't know why, because I shouldn't. But so in keeping with the theme of prior games, parts are just falling off. <laughs> da, 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 da. I mean, if they're addressing it. Good, yeah. good good i mean i give mandalorian a hard time because i thought the the ramp design in what little time i've had my head in one i mean the, the wire forms across on the pro and i haven't even looked at the other play fields at the far at the at the near end of the player at the lower end of the play field they're just held in with a single screw mm-hmm. and they they kind of plug in a socket at the the top end it didn't take anything for the ball to wiggle that loose and then like i said it, it's also had other things the one i've have, have experience with is has had 
things happen. Mm. So I, I, I could give it that that's the one-off machine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've heard of this already with the rush, yeah, got the rush machines. Got it. Yeah. yeah. But Joe's right. I mean, we're, I mean, we're, we're not a, we're not a timely news podcast just because of our release cycle and the rate at which uh, things happen. But, uh, but yeah, Joe, thanks for, thanks for bringing that up because that was going to be something to, uh, something to note just later on, because it is something, it seems pretty systemic on, on those machines. Okay. So the next uh, the next uh, piece of feedback that we have is from listener uh, Parnell Lutz, and he writes in. He says, "Hey guys, I forgot to write in after listening to the last show, uh, and that would be uh, episode 103 back in January." Um, he said about the pack out organizer situation. He says on our podcast, and I had no idea that Parnell had a podcast, but he, but the podcast is titled "Flipping and Mashing." And uh, we'll have a link to it uh, here in the show notes. And, and apparently on episode number 78, entitled Mac Cheese Pizza, he says, I brought the same thing up about part and tool storage. I had some Milwaukee packout gear for my garage tools and, and was wondering if there, was, if there would be a decent solution, but it just, wondering if that would be a decent solution, but it just costs a lot. So someone in Minneapolis reached out and showed me their packout setup. So I went in and started to build mine out more. I still have more parts to organize and to put in the main packout. I have picks, but no way to show you yet. How, how, how should I send those? And he did send them over, okay? And so I'll include those in the show notes for, for next month because uh, when he replied to this, he actually had, had a bit of follow-on. He said, so I started with the wheel setup on the bottom, then a big case for holding boards, manuals, displays, and, and such, then the bigger but small packouts, still small, but they are bigger than the case. So look, to, to describe this to people real quick, uh-huh. and did you have the pictures in here when he goes, I was scrolling around and I thought I saw them. Yeah, him. yeah. Did I, you pull them? In our notes. Yeah, I did have them, but it was, it was just going to be way, way too much. To get into so i, I need okay. to actually actually need to pick and choose like one or two of those pictures to be better referenced okay. than all the pictures well good so first of all i thought i had lost no, my no, mind no, no, i thought no, this was not. the point and nope. you were going to be here to experience nope, it with me nope, okay nope, nope, nope. not at um, all not so at all to to give everybody that hasn't seen this a quick quick scratch the surface overview the packout stuff from Milwaukee is very similar to multiple uh, solutions from multiple other vendors in that it's a toolbox storage case solution that all interlocks and uh-huh. can build basically a tower. Yes. And, and you ju- lug it like, like a suitcase. Correct. Yes. And if, if I got, if I heard Parnell correctly, I think he said he started with the wheel unit. Is that what he uh-huh. said? Yep. Uh, the solutions I've seen, Craftsman has one. I think Cobalt, and th- some of the stuff may just be U.S. only. Cobalt is a brand carried in uh, one of the box stores here. Craftsman now is as well. But Craftsman brand, Cobalt brand, Milwaukee, what's the yellow one? DeWalt. I've the seen DeWalt, DeWalt with yeah. them. They have uh, even the house brand, Master Pro at a Menards. Uh. They have these case case solutions that are a combo of tool cases and per- potentially parts or small material handling cases and they general they'll interlock and then all the lines i've seen will have a um a base unit 
that is kind of like a cube shape with wheels on it and then an extending handle yeah. like yep. a dolly. Yep. So if you can you can lock these hard sided cases together, zip that thing up, zip, lean it back and wheel it off. That, that's and exactly that, right. I, if that's what Parnell is describing that he's building out here for his that, tools that and is, parts. That is correct. Yes. Now, back in episode 74, this is October of 2018, uh, I purchased something much like what Parnell's talking about. I'm looking at the show notes. It is a Craftsman, and it's the CMST60403. It is a it is a uh, it is a base with two toolboxes or tool chests that lock on top of that. So it's a three piece unit. Yep. I bought that. I've got it at Lowe's now that they're now that they're the official home of Craftsman. And it's okay, but honestly, it's kind of cheap plastic, if you want to know the truth of it. So, I had, um, I can't remember what it was branded. Yeah. And it was, and it was about that same time frame, and I ran into the same thing. Yep. Uh, Now, the the stuff that Parnell's talking about, Yeah. and I've got a crass, uh, uh, there's two versions of this in the craftsman line a little smaller more compact version and a little larger footprint a little thicker walled version but both are miles ahead of what i had yeah. and i bet miles ahead of what you're oh, describing I, I, I bet it is Can, and, go and, ahead and talk discuss a, a parnell's i'll be right back yeah no problem and so the milwaukee pack out is going to be miles ahead of anything that we've featured on the show here in in the past but it's going it's way better quality than uh than any of 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 the craftsman um of the craftsman items as well so like i say parnell sent us pictures uh i've got to go through those but uh again we'll we'll follow up with this but he goes on to say i started with the wheel set up on the bottom uh with then a big case for holding boards manuals displays and then and then the bigger but small pack outs for things like flippers cabinet uh cabinet parts coals and then the thinnest ones for things like screws, washers, rubbers, and, and so on. He says, so far, this is great, but I just need more labels. If things aren't labeled, you kind of forget and have to go through them all. And he's, and then he wraps up and he says, wish you two the best. My condolences, Whitney. Well, Parnell, number one, thank you for that. I appreciate the condolences very much so. Uh, but yes, Parnell, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, and Brent just brought so- down... So it is. This is exactly what I have. Oh, is it? This is exactly what I have. Okay, yes. so that is. Well, first of all, Parnell. It sounds like he's building out like um, like a mobile re- type solution. Yeah, I, I, it, that's what it kind of sounds like. It, it does. And, and Parnell, maybe that's because. Um, I don't think I could put all my normal parts in enough stuff that would fit yeah. and not have to move it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> with it, a dump truck. Yeah. It, I mean, in his pictures, he showed like one, like, like one toolbox that had, that had uh, pinball rubbers in it. Yeah. And then another toolbox that looked yeah, like what, it had yeah, coils so and much sleeves. Volume. Yeah. It's so much. And then where he's going with this, and I know is by the time that he stacks them all up, it's super heavy to yep. move around, and it's also super expensive because you've paid a lot to get each one of those really good quality toolboxes. Right. So that's that's I'm kind of interested, Parnell, and we'll have to follow up on this. Are you? Is this your storage solution for like a home game room, and you're like we bringing it out, and I'm going to work on a game or? 
the I look at that the pack out stuff and the stuff I'd mentioned earlier for like on the go. Yeah, see, you know? and, and that's that's me. The, the the way that I look at the pack out is it's your on the go kit, not your primary kit. This is all your secondary kit type of stuff or your travel stuff. Right. Yeah. But you know, I guess if you had a, a situation where you had some pins, yeah, and maybe yep. your storage past that was limited. That you could it, it could be you could put all that in a closet. Yeah, yes, you could. And you could wheel, wheel it right in and out, out of the you're, closet. You're golden. You're, you're golden because so. you could work on the pins like right there. Yeah, just just pull the pin out of the lineup, flip the playfield up, and get get you know get to working. You know, so so, so the thing I handed you a quick aside when you didn't expect that, that that's a Craftsman Versa stack. Yeah, and that is what I would deem as the smaller lower end of the two flavors of their stacking thing yes. stuff that yeah. they have now the the other i don't think it's versa stack branded but it's the footprint is bigger okay so so what i noted back in episode 74 is definitely the versa stack okay, okay I, so I you've tell, got that yeah i can tell by the feel and and i can tell by the the cosmetics even though i'm not looking at mine yeah this is what okay. I, this is what i have and i did coin it kind of quote unquote cheap plastic and i'll stick by that because the base unit is where it's cheap Okay. okay. These are not these are not so bad. So the, I just handed Whitney's is like two thirds briefcase size, mm-hmm. you know, and it's more of a flat type yeah. of a deal. Yeah. The, these are actually pretty sturdy. It's the base unit that the walls of the base unit are kind of thin, and if you get it loaded even just a little bit past past what it feels like it can it can handle mm-hmm. then it's got a lot of flex to it oh, okay. a lot okay. of flex to it and and once you feel that flex you're like okay uh, this this isn't really all that good so the the thing that i had that i thought was like what you had yeah. it was way it was way lighter duty it's a solid man that has got a solid clip to yeah. it doesn't it it's got it's a watertight yeah. seal around it yeah. as well whatever the ip what ipc rating or mm-hmm. yeah um IP, that, I think it's like IPS. Or IPS, yeah. yeah. I think it's IPS 6 or 7 or something the, like that. Now, the only... I don't have the wheeled base. I actually got um, a cube-shaped carry with uh-huh. a carry handle. Yeah. Basically, it's that thing, but like four times the height. Yeah. I got that. I bought... I feel like I'm circling back here, but I bought a bunch of RC car parts from someone that was getting out and they had a brand new one. Still had the label on it and <laughs> yeah. they had a bunch of their parts in it. Yeah. Pardon me. And it was just in the deal. Yeah. So I had that. And then that that piece there, I think, was right at like $30, 28 bucks. Yeah. And I wanted a piece to snap on it because I think I'm going to try to make that my RC tool solution. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It is, is, yeah. Because with my RC tools, kind of like with the arcade and the, or especially the pinball stuff, if I'm taking tools and taking cars and like going to my nephew's yeah, room with my you nephew, need, you need I'm something. taking parts. You're taking parts. I'm taking screws. I'm taking, yeah. oh, I can throw my batteries in, in, yeah. in the lower unit and all that. Yeah. Now for so, that, I can totally see yeah. that. But yeah, I don't I, have one of the wheeled yeah. unit. I don't, I, I didn't, that's not in my, my calculus. Yet, yeah. So I get that. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I get that. So I think the pack out might be a, decent solution but i i'm still not convinced of it so so parnell i i'm i'm going to conclude i will include your reply in the next show after i've had some time 
Brent, I'll forward you the pictures. We'll take a look at it, and then that way we could discuss it a little more. And I, I'm going to try to go find a pack out myself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to find it at, but I'm going to see if I can find one and put my hands on it because I want to feel. I want to well, see. I want to see it and feel it myself. That pack out is their line. Their overall title of the line. It encompasses things like what you've got right there with that that modular stacking case yeah. deal, the yeah. hard plastic. And also flavors of bags, like oh, canvas bags. the canvas bags. Yes. Oh, and then okay. even some of those, the canvas bags, they'll have an interface where you can lock it on the top of a stack of hard okay. plastic. Okay. So, you, but you can walk into, um, I think, big box store wise, maybe a, a Lowe's or a Home Depot, one of the two... W- have a I'll lot have of Milwaukee see. I'll have stuff. To see. Okay, yeah. got it. I think it's I think it's Home Depot. Okay, that, right. that'll have it. I, I'm going to do some research yeah. because I I, I want to see. But like a lot of the cases that part that I that I think I saw in a, in, a, in a picture that Parnell sent with like the little dividers and the clear tops and all that. Yeah. I've I've seen those retail here in town. Okay, so yeah, gotcha. that's it's not a hard it's not a hard seat. Okay, gotcha. All right, good deal. Okay, so Parnell, thanks for thanks for writing in. More to come on this. Uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about this subject you know what we spent a lot of time talking about this subject and we have solved absolutely nothing (laughs) i know yeah so we we have netted zero yet we have spent hours well not hours but we've we spent a lot of cycles on this but you know what i'm having fun talking about it so it's all good (laughs) okay now brent now steal yourself because okay this is the hot take okay wait do i need to tape myself to my chair well, tie myself down yeah or? yeah and here's the thing i'm doing this solely because uh, when we ask for feedback we say give us the good give us the bad give us the constructive we'll take it all so i'm doing this to present you say that on the website it does yeah i need to, <laughs> at this point obviously i need to change that but but anyway i didn't well yeah, you, you yeah. tell who wrote the website <laughs> yeah exactly but i'm doing this for to be transparent and to present both sides of a situation okay so this is feedback that we got from mr david race in regards to us talking about billy mitchell playing pac-man down at the music city multicon okay i'm not going to comment on this i'm just going to read it and let it stand because this is the feedback that we were given okay david race writes in he goes, I just listened to the portion of your podcast, number 102, which addresses Billy Mitchell at the Music City Multicon. I was wondering if you actually took time to independently verify what an actual perfect score for the advanced variation of Pac-Man is. It seems you just poo-pooed my previous messages or dismissed them out of hand, seeing that I'd already pointed out that Mr. Mitchell lied about achieving a perfect, uh, a perfect score on the advanced version. By the way, the actual the actual first perfect game on advanced settings, all that's in air quotes, has just been uploaded to YouTube in its entirety. It was achieved in Columbus, Ohio in November of 2021. Here's the link. The Marquis Mr. Mitchell signed for you represent him taking credit for something he actually did not do. Sorry. I've messaged you on Facebook and left a comment on episode 102, yet I've heard nothing from you. You say you're interested in all kinds of comments, the good, the bad, and the indifferent, yet it appears you only wish to engage with comments or messages which reinforce a current perception. Everything I've said is factually accurate. Mr. Mitchell lied to you and those in attendance at the Music City Multicon. 
You say to expect a turnaround response in 12 to 24 hours. I hope you follow through. I'm willing to discuss this if you willing to discuss this with you if you like. You can ask any questions relevant to the subject. Hope the new year has been treating you well. Take care, David. So there's the there's an alternate perspective on that topic. Um, I said, well, I'm going to respond to that. So I'm, I'm including well, you leave it to me. <laughs> well, I don't really, she... <laughs> I don't really know what to say, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but simply because uh, I want to make sure that when, wh- that we do what we say we're going to do, when we ask for feedback, if someone is not happy with our, with what we say or what we do, we're, we're, we're big enough to take it and big enough to put it out there and big enough to have it there and to acknowledge, acknowledge all perspectives on a on a particular situation uh definitely don't want to engage in, in this and um and carry this forward i'm uh, just bringing it up so if people want to go and see what mr race is talking about they can make they can make up their own minds that's that's probably where i'm going to park this at yes yes <laughs> yeah yeah that's all i got yeah you know, I, I, I think Billy is a, is for reasons I can't comprehend having been in a position that we're in and to see what we see. And honestly, if you think about it, Whitney, we don't see much more than a lot of people out yeah. there see. We That's maybe very true. have more time with a person like a Billy, mm-hmm. but um, he is, for whatever reason, very controversial among uh, a crowd of people. And, and you know, I don't, and I don't know why. I don't really get it. I, I, I really and, don't. And. I, and I'm, I'm I'm with you, Whitney. I I, I don't get it, and, and I think if if yeah, we, you and I don't delve heavily into the nope. competitive gaming. Nope. We don't. I, I but we're so adjacent to it. Yeah. That and we know and interact with so many of the people in that space. Yep. I still don't get it. I see, and, and, and I, I don't get it either. And and I and I bring and I wanted to read this so that we could say that we don't get it because I don't. I mean, yeah. I really don't. I mean, he Billy's been nothing but good to me in in every scenario that I have interacted with him. He's been nothing but above board and and, 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 and straight. Let me clarify that. That's yeah. you, you're not saying that. Uh, it, 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 in a way that you're appearing to take sides no. for Billy no. because he's good to you. No, the point, and I'm putting words in your mouth, but you've actually said these words uh, or something close. So yeah. I, I, I'm sure I have too. Yeah. Um, Billy does stuff. We're talking about Billy specifically. Yeah. He does stuff for people that people never see or hear about. That's exactly right. That's exactly and, right. And and. And would never it, it, and would never know about. It, and yeah. it's it's not as much as what you see with Billy or anybody in public as what goes on in private. That's that right. Really spells out who a person is. That's exactly right. And, 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 and that's that that feeds into why I don't get it. Yeah, and and that's in that in those actions, those 
those private actions or the actions that are not made public are the ones that really tend to matter because they're the ones that have no light on them. They, they have no light on them. That's exactly right. And for that reason, that's why I say, I, I, I don't, I don't get it because, because, because people have obviously pivoted towards uh, certain situations or certain events, or I, I guess certain things and have chosen to shine a spotlight on them. And so, I, and, and I, I'll, I'll say it, Whitney, out there, I'll say it in a very, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm picking this word specifically and I don't mean it in a, in a violent sense. Mm-hmm. I mean it in a, with, I mean it to convey maybe a sense of, of urgency, mm-hmm. but, but a lot of, a lot of stuff is met with a very militant, militant attitude and response when I don't think it's warranted. That's a nice one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When yeah, I just don't, I, think I don't, it's, I just don't think and it's that, warranted. that further. Yeah. Drives my miss my, uh, how I don't understand how, this. how yeah. I don't understand yeah. it. Yeah. That, that's exactly right. And, so, and I'm, I, I know I'm sounding cagey here and I, the intention is not to be cagey. It's to try to convey at least what's in my mind and um, I liked what you said, Whitney. Not engage. I don't want to make this war. I don't want. To, I don't want to make any tempers worse. That's not what we're here to do. No, no, no. Exactly right. But but I but the feedback came in, and I can get in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Period. Oh, oh, yeah, so yeah. let's just let's just put that out there. I don't think you need to. Mm. I don't think you want to either. No, so let's, no, no. Let's no. just kind of let's kind of throw that out there for those that want to listen. Yes. Yeah. Make we, up your own mind. Yeah. Yeah. Make yeah. up your own mind because we're not here to take a side at all we 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 were we were there to witness his, billy's skills and what he did on on the machine and we take that at face value because why why wouldn't someone if they see the demonstration of the skills and over time it's like why would somebody lie about that or lie about anything related to that it's not worth it <laughs> so and then to couple to couple yeah. that i'll i'll to address part of this the the overall question here um, there's levels of trust that that I personally have mm-hmm. that I don't give out easily. Oh yeah, but that would that would keep me or not keep me that there, there's a level of trust there that so I'm not going to jump in and just have to spend my time, effort. And cycles from my life to try to disprove or prove. That's see, and that's it. That's exactly it. That's Anybody. That's exactly right. right. That's exactly right. Why would I spend my cycles going going to that length to prove or disprove somebody on a whim or just because? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't do that. I, I mean, and that's different from doing research, or that's different from from most anything else. So, um, so again, I just wanted to present this because the feedback did come in. I want everybody to know that we're not selective about what we, uh, about, about the feedback that we get and we only air the positive feedback or anything like that. No, we're, I mean, we will give ample time for, 
for a perspective, but that's what it is. It's a perspective. And I swear to you, Whitney, if Ike Arton sends in some negative <laughs> feedback, I swear to you. I, I, well, you know, we do one, have to read it. One, we're not reading it. Two, I'm quitting. <laughs> so, Oh, God love Ike. <laughs> we haven't heard from him for a while. All right. So anyway, so moving on from that. So just a couple pieces of news here. And uh, I want to get your take on this because this comes out of completely out of left field. Okay. You're going to be surprised. Okay. Actually, I think I'm going to line up with yours. Okay. And unless you just totally flip the script on me and, and we, and we go on opposite sides of this. Go ahead. You might be surprised. Okay. So today, as of recording today on January, I'm sorry, January, February, <laughs> January, geez, February the 21st, 20, 2022, as of this morning, Multimorphic reveals their quote-unquote dream theme that they have been purporting uh, after months of speculation as Weird Al Yankovic is going to be their next theme for their next pinball machine. Now, this was reported by Jason at Nap Arcade. I want to give credit where credit's due. This uh, Jason broke the news as far as I saw it on his, uh, on his most excellent website. And he says, after months of speculation... This morning, Multimorphic Pinball revealed the quote-unquote dream theme for its upcoming pinball machine. Drumroll, please. Weird Al Yankovic. Now, what's your take on that? <laughs> I'm kind of on board with it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Are you serious? I seriously am. <laughs> you cannot be serious. Yes, I am. I'm really interested in this. Oh, it, it has my attention. Where did that come from? You're oh. actually red faced. Oh, man. All the- no, I'm, I'm, I'm about half, about half mad is what I am. Because oh. you thought that was the ultimate setup for, oh. for. I'm really kind of interested oh. in this. I can't believe this. Oh. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Oh, man. Okay. I, All I, right. I, I kind of care just a little bit. Okay. Hold on for one second. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, now that I'm back, now that I'm back on microphone and on and on ears. Here, here's what here's what I'm gonna say. I'm, I'm crying because <laughs> I. <laughs> Uh, but seriously, I, I, I am okay. really kind of interested okay. in this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay, okay, look. Okay, fair, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, here's what I'm going to say. On, I, I'd on have this. already watched the video, but I don't want it to interrupt the recording. Yeah, it, it's all good. It's all good. I, I, and I've got a link to the YouTube video. It's it's only it's only uh, 30 some odd seconds long, so it's not very long. And it only shows a couple pieces of, of the art, which actually looks really good. Here, here's my point, okay? And... And my, my my point on this is that despite my adoration and love for Weird Al Yankovic, and believe me when I say that, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of Weird Al Yankovic, okay? I don't get multimorphic. That's what I'm saying. Oh, is it the multimorphic piece? Uh, yes, okay? I, I, I just, I don't get multimorphic because I don't realize, I don't understand, and I, I guess I just haven't come to the realization as to 
as to why they're why they're going down this path. I'm going to have to... Oh, you're not talking about the platform, like the hardware. Oh, I don't get that either. Okay. Okay, okay fair I, enough. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't get the, I don't get the draw on that and why this is... Why, why this would be, quote-unquote, a dream theme for that platform. I guess I'll have to see it, but, but ultimately... I, the, so the dream theme, that kind of hit me, and the only thing that comes to my mind is either Jerry mm-hmm. or a designer at Multimorphic or both see something in Weird Al and his music that just just they make can make work okay on that platform that, that platform and that that play field okay so so he, here's the thing so real quick, so for anybody okay. that doesn't know what multimorphic is, Jerry's been on the show. You'd have to go back and find which show note in the show notes which it was. I'll, I'll find the it real quick, quick it. high level is, and I don't, I don't want to diminish this when I say it is. Uh, uh, it's it was probably around 2016 because we met Jerry in at Expo, uh, and I, I had him. I interviewed him on the show. You weren't able to to make. I that was one. not able to make that one. Hang tight. I'm not. I'm not. Keep, keep so on going. The, the yeah. quick rundown of the platform is: is the play the the lower two thirds or so, maybe a little less of the play field is a display. Okay, flippers that hover over the display from the sides, and I mean, I've played one of these. I played one, and it's been, I guess, six years at this point. It was 2016. Did you, did you like it? I, I well, where I was getting to is is from a heart. They were still working on games, developing games, but the flippers felt great for the way they the way they kind of hover. They kind of come in from the side of the cabinet, so that they're, they're not up through the bottom of the playfield because it's a display. I don't like that at all. So I was shocked at how good the flippers felt. And then through the you know the the playfield is a display with acrylic over it. And then once you get maybe just a shade over, I'm doing this from memory, maybe half or a little bit more above the center line of a standard playfield is where you start getting into modules where the toys are. So um, you you buy a game, it's got like a given set of ramps, it can return the ball all the way down the length of the playfield. It might have some kind of fancy ball lock or a smash toy. Or one of the things that Jerry and company was showing at the time as a big showcase was right along the upper edge of the LCD, left to right across the playfield, was a series of scoops that would come up. And I think they had drop targets in front of them, so you could hit a drop, expose the scoop, get in the scoop, and then get into that mechanism that which can that can feed another module behind it. So the point is is that you can change you can get a kit and you can pop the modules out, put in new modules, slam the software in, totally different game. And then what the what then also hap- can happen and I think has happened is you could have game A and then someone could write a game that uses those same modules. So then you just buy the software and friend of the show, Nick, and I just went blank, which shame on me. Help me, Nick Baldridge. Thank you, Nick. Yeah. I apologize from the bottom of my heart. I seriously do. Nick is a wonderful person that I count as a friend. Nick ball. It's late, Nick. It's been, <laughs> it's been a long it, night. It is late. It is late. And when, uh, uh, 
many things escape me and when names start to escape me it means i'm tired uh nick baldridge actually recently wrote a game for the platform that he did yes. and, and we we with talked him, about him, him on the show with him him and his daughter so oh, yes. okay yeah so so i mean so that that's the setup yeah okay that that's the setup and and i guess my take on this is that i i have not seen the platform reach critical mass yet at all in years despite despite everything that, that jerry has said about it i mean i've seen him at several expos and i've seen him talk about the platform and and, and I, I totally respect what he's trying to do with it and what it is intending to uh, accomplish but i've just not seen it hit the critical mass yet to the point to where quote i don't i don't want to say burning a theme but taking a bigger title theme is that going to be enough to to sell the platform based around how the platform actually is because brent there's so much of that platform that still feels like a tech demo then it it feels closer to a tech demo than it does like actual real pinball the last time i touched one and maybe you was 2016 and and at the time, I think it did. It felt like a very advanced tech demo. Mm-hmm. And one of the games I played, um, I can't remember the name the name of the game, but you got to a mode where you were in a warehouse and you had to break open crates to find parts to fix your ship. And the crates were out and moving around in the the display. This and I didn't mention this earlier. As the ball crosses the display, it's tracked. So the ball interacts with things that are on the on the on the LCD on the display. So the I needed this crate and that crate and it's floating around. I had to get the ball. I had to actually hit the crate, cross the crate with the ball. The ball was tracked, the crate exploded, I got the part, you know. Now I I didn't get to play it long enough to really flush it out. So I'm going to just I think I'm even doing it a disservice in calling it a super advanced tech demo even in 2016. But going and looking at their site there's been development oh yeah you know there, there there's has. been additional games to me is this the thing that kicks it over because ip sells games it does but but is this is this the one that that is able to generate enough interest to make somebody jump into the platform just whole hog based upon the theme on its own or or if this doesn't do it then what does do it? I, I don't. I don't think with all the stuff we don't know. Yeah, you know, it's like and, and when I and, and at the very beginning of all this, when I said I don't get multimorphic, that's what I that's what I mean. I, I I don't know what it takes to get it to critical mass because it hasn't it hasn't gotten there yet. And despite the fact that it may have some interesting and good games for it, it's just it just hasn't picked up steam. In and is able to compete in the same way that uh, that some of the others, some of the others do and can. Well, personally, I like the platform. I like the idea. I think it's a paradigm shift because people are so used to that lower, well, the whole playfield having stuff in it, physical stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas your your exchangeable modules are in that upper third, and the lower playfield is open. And it, but the flip side of that is, is it's open to do all kinds of stuff in the digital space. So you're in the digital space and you're in the physical space. I, I really kind of personally like it. 
and it's, it's episode 19 if anybody wants to go back and, and listen, listen to which, listen okay. to your interview with uh with, with jerry uh, with jerry stellenberg it's episode 19 it's november of 2014 is when that was well it's been a while back it has that's yeah a while so back. Uh, the p3 platform no the p3 is the is the multi multimorphic multimorphic is the company yes is p3 the pinball platform but and then p3 rock is the is the board platform that a lot of people use like for, for homebrews for homebrews yeah. and i think some of the a lot of the boutique manufacturers yeah. use them Sp- so. spooky used it for quite some time so yeah. that that's the, the company isn't just this they have no. they have experience in other in other aspects of the pinball industry yeah so yeah and, and like i say i don't say what i say to be inflammatory or to be disingenuous or or to or to draw criticism to any of the work that's gone on there it's just that when i look at when i look at where it is for the time that it's been out it's like is is weird al enough to get it there I, I don't know. And so it, I've got two questions. It just seems like an odd theme to be quote unquote tagged as a dream theme to, to really try to turn the public perception on. I, I just thought it would, again, nothing against weird out. I, I, when I hear dream theme, I, I'm thinking of something bigger. I'm thinking of something grander, I guess, you know, like a, like a huge movie property or something like that. Just caught me a little off guard. That's all. Oh, the terminology. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with the terminology and, and everything like that. And trust me, I love Weird Al. I love Weird Al. But well, I, I, I said know, I it had. Just, it just felt all it just felt all weird to me, I guess. I said I had two questions, but it really kind yeah, of just comes enough. down to one, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, is the, is Will the Weird Al game use modules that are common to another game or <laughs> will they be unique? Because <laughs> or it, will it be more like a traditional pinball? Oh, I guess that's the option too. I can't see them abandoning what what they're building out as their platform to shift back to a traditional pinball. You wouldn't think, but I don't know. I don't. I, you know, I, I don't. You're right. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't think that'd be the case. And, and the only reason I ask about the modules is because if they build a game that it uses an existing module set, you're basically already okay. Well, I could play Weird Al or whatever whatever the uptick is for the software difference once you own the hardware you're you're instantly in at least two games and and i may be speaking out of turn here since i've not kept up with it um for all i know there are multiple games that use the same already no there are there are well that use the same module sets yeah yeah so uh, the first i'm i'm interested so the first thing i would do is when this hits is brent brent would go out and say just out of curiosity to answer the question is this is this on a set of modules in the core platform that already has games written for it because that would make it more enticing and if it's not then then the only real calculation there is is maybe hopefully they'll they'll that might be game one in a series of games that uses that module set okay it very well could be um do you know of anywhere there is p3 on location or do you I, I know don't. anybody who has one i i don't no okay. i don't yeah i think they've survived for for lack of a better word mainly in the home game room space yeah exactly yeah exactly so i just bring all of that up because i would love to play a weird owl 
pinball machine because I think it would be, number one, it would be awesome that he finally gets his own machine. Number two, the humor in it has got to be on point, and I bet it's going to be just a blast to listen to from a call-out and a properties perspective. Do you know how many weird, real Weird Al fans would, would probably buy a pinball machine just because it's Weird Al? Oh, I bet there's going to be a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about Primus. Think about that. That is exactly what I was going to say is it would be like Primus kind of taken up a notch or so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For but, sh- oh, more than a notch. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, um, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. More than a notch. But I'm curious as to whether or not this tips the scale in their favor. Hopefully it does. But i'm 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 skeptical i am i I say that i say that right now i'm skeptical we are in a complete role reversal we are yeah we totally are you absolutely you thought i was going to say i don't care Mm -hmm. didn't you yeah and when and then it's like and i'm the one that that, that was just over kind of shooting holes in it you were so built up yeah oh yeah (laughs) yeah genuinely no i i'm really interested in seeing okay okay wow how about that fair enough well well wonders never cease okay you see you see i tell you what we think we think we're in this we think we're cruising along in this path and then bam it just all blows up right, there there it is how about this that is the best night ever <laughs> all right brent so let's uh let's let's go ahead and let's go ahead and take this one home we're going to be uh you mentioned at the louisville arcade expo and then and, we, and all that all that information we we got prior in the show but the music city multicon is going to be also a show that we're going to be at and uh day friend of the show david corgan he's had some recent additions to the guest roster and these have been pretty big and i, I mean he's talking he's got guests lined up like david crane gary kitchen dan kitchen metal jesus john yousey steve nutter and i had to look up billy martinez and tyler kirkham they're comic book artists, but the, the roster is getting big as it goes. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And that's going to be the end of October 2022. So musiccitymulticon.com for information about that. Yeah, and as we hear more from Dave, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll keep up with it on the show. And obviously, as Whitney said, I just want to touch on it one more time. Little Arcade Expo, March 11th through the 13th of uh, 2022, obviously. So should have a good two weeks you can still mm-hmm. make it. Oh yeah, come out and see us. Uh, we'll be uh, um, we'll be on the show floor yeah. unless something earth shattering happens. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, come by, say hi. Yeah, would love to see everybody. Uh, and see Brent with that. Um, well, see we we've done the outro the same way for a hundred and what four episodes. Uh, hopefully, everybody knows where to find us. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, I always wonder why shows. I think I've said this. Well, why do shows do that? Because I, I, I found I you. No, I found you. So I it, found it's, you. It's like we're there. So I'll tell you what. So we'll we'll go ahead and break the mold <laughs> since we since we've broken every egg in the room tonight. Okay, we'll go ahead and break the mold. <laughs> And just say, we thank you all for listening. We appreciate you. We'll see you back here for, I guess, episode. what will be episode 105 and 106 at the Louisville Arcade Expo. And until then, keep your quarters clean and game on. Congratulations. You made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Just go easy on them, guys. They don't have a lot to work with. 
Since Winnie is my dad, I'll be nice and get on to the closing business. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast.brokentoken.com or use the contact page on the podcast website. You can call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528 and leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash broken token. Brett and Whitney are always posting up new content between the official episodes and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and just about any other podcast directory you can think of. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review wherever you found the show, as the reviews help us in search rankings and visibility. Once again, thanks for listening, and as my dad always says, keep your quarters clean and game on. I mean, yeah. it's recording but, um, right now. Oh, yeah, you should record all of this. This is the best stuff, and it's off the cuff. <laughs> I hope you recorded it all. This morning, Multimorphic Pinball revealed the quote-unquote dream theme for its upcoming pinball machine. Drum roll, please. Weird Al Yankovic. Now, what's your take on that? <laughs> I'm kind of on board with it. <laughs> Gosh, are you serious? I seriously am. <laughs> you cannot be serious. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm really interested in this. Oh, it, it, it has my attention. Where did that come from? <laughs> You're oh. actually red faced. <laughs> man. All that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. I'm about half. About half mad is what I am. <laughs> Hair like that, I wouldn't would put it past you. Hey, by the show, I could have nice stash going. And I swear to you, Whitney, if Ike Arton sends in some negative feedback, <laughs> I swear to you. I, I, well, you know, we do one, have to read it. One, we're not reading it. Two, I'm quitting. <laughs> so, oh, God love Ike. <laughs> Yeah. That that didn't turn out well. Yeah, sorry about <laughs> it made that. It all I, funnier. I failed. That was I, awesome. I yeah, was like, we just we just so failed. I just went, I was like, he can't remember the name of the game. <laughs> it's a win win.